This is the Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! You all right, how are we doing? I uh, just want to take two minutes of your time before we start this week's podcast uh, to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is a tool that we're using to help the podcast grow, um, give you better content and, well, as I said, just let the podcast grow. So we've got three tiers. The first tier, there's only 20 of these spaces available and it's £1 for life and that's for It's Time to Refresh Originals. So if you've tuned in from day one uh, and you want to join the cause, you can sign up for £1. Um, just follow the link in the description. Uh, we've got the standard Patreon, which you get access to bonus episodes, uh, some exclusive content, Patreon specials, which we'll be recording, and uh, early access to all future episodes. So you'll be getting them on a Tuesday instead of a Friday, uh, which I think is fucking amazing for three quid. That's less than a coffee. And then we've got our legend status VIP Patreons, which is uh, £10. And that gets you tickets to all my gigs um, and it will get you free entry to any It's Time to Refresh associated um, events, gigs in the future. Um, So that's a little hint of what's coming up in the future. Um, If you do like the podcast, then please share it with your mates. We are trying to grow this little thing we've got going. We've got some amazing guests coming up in the future as well. um, And we want this to go bigger and better. So sign up at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh thank you enjoy the episode right back once again for another episode of the it's time to refresh podcast this is episode 29 um on this one we've got uh andrew farrell andy farrell mcfez uh sanctuary main man uh top gun uh cricketer uh sort of i am um, some would say there's a phone going off <laughs> um, some would say uh you can't touch me, sort of thing. That's that's a big big thing of yours, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, on this episode, we're going to sort of carry on from Finchie's podcast because obviously he told the story on there. You don't hear the same stuff over again. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can go and check it out now. That was um, MC's Unplugged, and I think it was the third episode. First, uh, first episode. Was it the first one? Yeah. Oh, sorry, the first episode. Um, and basically, yeah, um, that tells a story from when he started out um, right up through, like, the for everything, wasn't it, really? Right, right up until 2018, just before the first Summer Fest in Workington. So we're just going to carry it on from there. Um, so, as I say, I'll just leave the link to the first one in the description, um, and we'll just go from there. So, how are we doing? All right? All right, yeah. Um, I know it's a sort of a... A convoluted way to advertise it, but it's just as you say, if people want to listen to your earlier story, then you can sort of get into it like that. Um, so as I said, like I've just 
come there and the clocks went back last night and stuff and yeah, I went had an event on it sort of knocked you a bit sideways. I don't know where I'm up to <laughs> yeah. I just knew you were coming at one o'clock and <laughs> get the house clean for one o'clock. Yeah. So um we'll sort of like we'll just start from there. If you want to then we'll go we'll go forward. Um so obviously some stuff you might not remember now because there's been so much happened since. But twenty eighteen um Sankfest, um class success I thought like Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Really good. So it's a, it's, it's a good story and a bit of a sad story mm-hmm. because, as you know, the first one was a huge success yeah. and there was big things ahead. So I was looking forward to the following year, which put plans in place, made the lineup bigger because we expected it to grow. Sadly lost my partner in it, so mm. I was doing it myself and not being local, it was hard work. Yeah. I had a bit of a conflict with another promoter in the area who basically took all a lot of the local talent away. Yeah. And then we had problems with the licensing, which we couldn't open any of the indoor buildings. Right. And just one thing after another, then the rain came, and then, oh, sorry, before that, someone decided to put a festival on the week before. Oh, fantastic. In the same area. Great. So, obviously, there's not been any dance festivals in West Cumbria ever. Uh, ever, no. And then as soon as one comes along, there's two in the space of a week, so that didn't help. And on the day, absolutely pissing it down, so... Yeah. I mean, it was still good. Everyone who went will say it was good, but yeah. it wasn't as good as the first, the first one, one and the, the growth wasn't happening. So, sadly, that was the last one. We, we did, I, I did plan to do it the year after, but then COVID happened, so... Right. So, going back to the, the, the 2018 one, the, that, that first one, that was... I, I think I've went over it on a couple of podcasts because there was a few DJs who were, who've been on the podcast who so we sort of touched on it. But it was like the perfect marrying of a day. Like the, the the we got the right weather, and it was like everyone seemed to be up for it. As you say, cause it was the first time we'd done something like this. It like there was no dance festival before this in Cumbria. Like so, it was fresh. Everyone was excited for it. Turning up, weren't sure what to expect when they got there, and it was like a top day. Like the turnout was brilliant. Weather was good, and like. I like what he did with the after parties where he spread it over three venues so it helped the sort of like local town as well because you did 32 yeah. soup and did you do somewhere else as well just the two i, I, I think, think it was the two right i can pop them between the two that's all um so yeah so then obviously you've got your sanctuary stuff that's going on in between so <clears throat> is there anything you want to go into from there sort of after the festival like what was your mindset after the good turnout like let's do this again let's go bigger and well yeah I, I just thought there was lots of room to grow mm-hmm. um there was nothing but good feedback so there was no reason in my mind that it wouldn't be bigger so i thought i can put more money into it yeah and then when i was doing it by myself it was more money to lay out so it was a bit of a tense time and then um, it just i don't know it just didn't really work the same. It lost its bit, bit of spark. Yeah. I think it was losing the local support um, because, I mean, on the first one, we had small house tent. Yeah. And all these tech house heads who were through and through tech, all raving to bounce. Yeah. And just that bringing other crowds in, and it was a good day. So losing a lot of the locals... Um, that, that had an effect on it, but the thing is, I don't know the locals 
There's yeah. only a handful of people I know from West Cumbria. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of older ones who used to go to like Fusion back in the day and the old, older DJs, but the the younger lot, the people who play house music and stuff like that, I don't know them. So yeah. uh, Chris, who was my partner in the, in the first one, he, he was the connection between the, the lo locals, so it's yeah. hard do, doing it by myself. Yeah, I can I mean, understand. You no know, hard feelings with me and Chris about it. He did it for the right reasons. Mm. Um, it's one of them things that happened. I suppose so, but... I was making plans for, for 2020, but Covid came. Um, yeah. I was talking to the venue and various people had left who I was in contact with. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who manages it now or who, who's there. Right. Because there's that many people left. Right. So to go back there would be a very hard job. But would you go back to do something in West Cumbria? Uh, it'd have to be with, with the right yeah. people. Because it's like I say, it's an hard job on my own, not, yeah. be, not being local, but never say never. never I know there's never. a lot of people who want it. Yeah, a lot of the audience who watch this is sort of Cumbria based, um, obviously. Um, so that's, that's why I asked, just in case there was something there, or never, as you say, never say never. Uh, could have been a scoop there. Like, well, <laughs> I put a status on the Sanctuary page last week, Sanctfest 2023. Yeah. All these Cumbrians are like, yeah, we can't wait, we're going. It's not even in Cumbria. <laughs> <laughs> can't say anything else. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, it, it goes to show, though, that people, like, there was a, it did have its own following, obviously, without the sort of house heads and that there. You've you've always had, like, I found that you've always, like, Sanctuary's always had a really strong following in Cumbria. Like, I've found now, planning down in Blackpool and Flamingos or what have you, if I go down, there's always like a big following of Whitehaven Workington people who come to all of them, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's got like a, a part of Sanctuary almost, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we've had some good crowds over the, over the years um, from West and uh, Carlisle. Mm. But I think both areas are quite similar. The, 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 the times change really quickly. Yeah. So, like, when we started at 32, in, I think it was 2017, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was packed out capacity for the first three, and then all of a sudden it just dropped. And the one after the festival, which I thought would have a massive knock-on effect, it was dead. And it was dead ever, ever since, and then we, we don't do it anymore. Right. It's like when, when Soup opened, um, that was packed, and then that struggled after, say, a year. So... It's like, they just change what they like. I'll get bored of it really quickly. Yeah, I find that West Cumbria all the time. Um, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it'll come back. Yeah. I know for a fact it'll come back because the amount of times I've, I've been up there, first started at Fusion in 2004, and then you'd have you'd have two years there with Dobby and then a year off because it was dead and then go back for a couple of years and back to Carlisle and you seem to swap areas. At the moment, it's on a low. Yeah. Non-existent, <laughs> but it'll be back. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Mark the other week following your events. If he was interested in getting us back in, and he yeah. said we're just doing what we're doing at the moment. But yeah, if it changes, it gives us showers. As I say, I've found that uh, I always felt like personally attacked when I was running events in in the area because one one patch of say six months would have like two events on it, it'd be absolutely amazing, and then the second it's just like. What, what have I done wrong? But it's maybe not what you've done wrong. It's just that the trends of... It's just of, the area. Yeah, it is a very strange area to sort of keep interested. But um, I put that event on uh, three weeks ago and it was 
in saying that like how many of the younger generation come and it's like they've came because there was like two sorts of, like of the crowd there was like you sort of regulars and stuff but then there's people who've come because they're genuinely interested and the younger than I thought the following for the style of music is do you know what I mean like they were like 17 18 and it's like my mum and dad used to listen to sort of this and this is what we're about and I'm like it's quite I have a lot of people coming up to me saying oh my mum and dad used to listen to you like, <laughs> it's quite <laughs> yeah it's uh, quite uh, I don't know cause obviously I've been around as long as you have but it's like I don't know maybe, whether they've had kids young or something like that and it's just sort of, I'm just sort of catching that bit now it's like well, I'm getting a bit older now. Like, I, I felt old being in the club. When it gets you know, to the, my grandparents, <laughs> that's when I'm going to call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, sort of, what was going on with Sanctuary outside of Cumbria in after 2018? Um, <clears throat> right, the end of Finch's podcast, I was saying, we've got a new club. Mm. And I said, I can't say anything, because I didn't want to burn bridges with the club we were at the time, which was Club Domain. Yeah. So, the owner of Club Domain... He's a friend of mine, um, I still speak to him now, Peter Bolden. Yeah. Um, we moved to HQ, home in HQ, mm-hmm. um, which was a, it is, or was, um, unbelievable club. It was like a freshly built, yeah. um, brand new multi-million pound club. So we went in in 2019 and they sold it at the end of the year. Right. So we had less than a year there. And then it was time to move on again. And the only <laughs> other club in Blackpool that was running was Flamingo. Now, Flamingo was a top club. It's just really big. Yeah. So is. that's the only fault I can give it. And if you put five or 600 people in, in many clubs will look really busy. And yeah. yeah, it just looks empty. So we're fighting that all the time. Fighting the bad feedback that I was dead in there. When in fact, it was busier than a lot of places. Yeah. I found it's, it's, I think it's, a, I love Flamingo, by the way, I think, I think the way the main room set out, I think it's class, but I think it's just the layout's awkward, do you know, so, so you go in, and then there's like always where the door is, where they're collecting the tickets on the door, there's always like a pe- people congregating there, and then you go up, and then there's the, the side room, and then obviously the, that, that looks good when it's busy, and then you go up the stairs again, and then you've got the main room. So throughout them three sort of areas, people are spread out. So you might have, as you say, five, six hundred people in, but because it's so spread out, I think it's that's what's... Well, as you know, I was there last night. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to say too much here, but <laughs> there's a massive um, refurb going on right. at the beginning of next year. And a lot of these problems should be dealt with. That's good. Can't but, say <laughs> no, but it's a top club, though. Like, it, like you, you go in and you see... The layout of the main room, I think, I think that that's really good. Like, um, where it's got the the step, like the the levels going back, and then you've got like the main pit of where you see all like everyone who's up for it. Do you know with the like the light floor and the, it's got a good um, tech support and that as well. I found that when I was playing there, that they're always there to help you. Um, that the, guys that, the best there. thing about the club is that it's owned or run by a guy who's got a. Um, production sound and light company yeah so everything's always going to be top there yeah um, he's only had it since the end of lockdown so when we first went to Flamingo it was the previous owners yeah and then he took it on so he's only had it just over 12 months so now that he's got he's, he's got his um, sort of a, a year's business he can uh, 
what's going to go on and what they can invest in and things yeah. like that. So that's why there's going to be big changes next year. Yeah, so we've got good relations with him. Yeah. Um, so some some good things in the future. Yeah. So when we left the uh, domain and we moved over to the home and HQ, I'd never been there before and. Uh, I did the last set in um, Dement, you know, I dropped, I dropped you off afterwards, if you remember. Uh, um. So, so that, that's my uh, badge of honour. <laughs> nah. Um, but the, when you went over to that, that home in HQ, I was like, oh, do you really want to like move? Like, I thought the man was really good. And then when I went in the home in HQ, I thought, oh, right, I understand why you've moved, because I love that, that, that club, the way it's laid out. and. I thought the sound system was class. Like everyone, all over DJs who were on, I think I got booked for the Bounce Land event you did. And I remember like talking to the DJs and that, and I was just like, this is, this was a good sort of setup. Just I remember that name, Bounce Land. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as I say, like, uh, I was just, I was impressed with it. I thought, I thought, oh, is it, is it, is it going to downgrade away from the main? Don't get me wrong, it's a great club. But then when I seen the layout of that, I thought, oh, I can see why. Well, Home and HQ approached me a, a lot earlier than we went there, but um, business-wise, they may not do better yeah. for the events within summer, like the day and night, Sankt Fest things that we started there. Yeah. Um, and Home and HQ was a limited capacity, one room, one main room, and there was another room we could use but you had to go outside and go back in and it was yeah. a bit awkward. So we'd run it as a, a one-room club. I think it's 400 capacity, although they let a lot more in because yeah. they get a lot of in and out. So there's still money to be made, but business-wise, it was better at Domain. But yeah. they had to decide the right time to leave. Yeah. And watching that sort of dwindle down as well, because when Domain was running, when we was there, we were the only people doing stuff. Yeah. And, and they were doing um, £10 in free drinks, getting a bit ripped off <laughs> or getting heartburn or being sick or whatever for the drinks you know it's, yeah they were just sort of the, the club had been run running to the ground by a previous promoter yeah so we was the only one putting events in and it was either short or doing next to nothing so not having the local sport yeah and because if you've not got people from the from the local from the from the town you're in you, you're always going to struggle because you can't trust people from all around the, the north of England to drive to Blackpool because you've, 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 you've got to have a driver, no one wants yeah. to drive, yeah. you've got to get hotels and it, it all adds up so it's Blackpool's always hard work, it's just I'm too stubborn to leave. I think you've got like, Sanctuary is associated massively with Blackpool or like, I think it always has been since like uh, even earlier days like I've been there 18 years now well that's what i mean like i imagine if you asked a lot of the locals who are not necessarily interested in the music and stuff if they said the word sanctuary like that's that club event similar to zone as well if you mention the name zone in blackpool it's like that's that club event it's just something that's sort of ingrained in that that area do you know what i mean like um i think you, you built a big brand awareness there like you could like the amount of times, like, I know this is sort of off subject, but they like, my sister's sent me a picture uh, of like, oh, there's your name on a flyer, whatever, yeah. and it's like, you've, because the fly, all flyers are in Blackpool, like on, like, A3 a sheets or whatever, yeah. do you know what I mean? So it's like, people recognise the logo, do you know what I mean? That's, that's my point anyways, like, it's very recognisable in Blackpool. I think you've always had a good thing with the Wigan as, with Wigan as well. Um, I think anyone can tell you that because it's sort of, 
we started in Wigan, so I was always, yeah. that's where the roots are. And I, I used to live quite near since I moved here, I only moved here last year. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we're doing, going to be doing stuff at Pure next year. We've got yeah. a few dates booked in. Um, trying to space everything out a bit more. Um, yeah. I've just bought a new diary for next year. And <laughs> try just open it for I'm going to do that, that, that. No, calm down. Need to be chilling out a bit now. But yeah, never happens. Um, I've just I just a question like this is one of, something from me. I just want to ask that it, how do you find it having to run events? Because obviously for, for people who don't know, you've got you, you do run sort of your sanctuary stuff, but then you do the cricket reunion and you do all. You've always got like something going on. Like how do you find that balance? Because I've run singular events before and it's just stressful. Like, I'm just asking you, um, how do you find well, it? Well, it's definitely stressful. Yeah. But I think I thrive off it because if I've not got anything to do, do you I'm find lost like in my head. In it? Like, like, sort of thing, like... Well, there are, there are always... I try and space things out sensibly. Yeah. So I wouldn't have, say, a back-to-back weekend sanctuary in local towns yeah but i wouldn't see the problem of having sort of a sanctuary in blackpool one week cricketer in wigan the week after two different crowds like, and the with the online advertising you're targeting different people for you for you for your audience and searching yeah. and what have you so it can be done just make sure you've got enough time to focus on it and that's what i do so with like <laughs> as you know i'm always going on about not having time but and you can't find time all the time unless you're staying up all night and setting all your posts and everything. But yeah, yeah, I, can, I, I know what you mean. Like the amount of times where it's, uh, I've talked to say like Charlotte or a fit or someone like that, and the the running joke is it's like five working days to get you back from you because there's just that much going on. And it's understandable. Like I get frist- I I've got a level of frustration and stress of like oh, I need this event to go well, but then you've got like three, you've always got like say three different events sort of in, in the future and I can't, I can't imagine the stress behind it, do you know what I mean? Like the excitement is definitely there because I get like that thrill of it but like just as I say, the stress behind running an event is, is absolutely mental. So as I say, I think anyone would buzzing if, if they could run three successful events within say the space of like yeah, a it's definitely months. stressful, I need to <laughs> and work on it a bit. Yeah. But um, so yeah, you got the 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 home in HQ, and you're running the events there. Um, so then you moved over beginning of 2019 to Flamingo. Um, how did you find the transition when you when you well, went from one to the other? It was New Year's Eve when we went to Flamingo, um, right? And we 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 did a quite successful night. So we had. Um, obviously Sanctuary, yeah. and we had um, Zone in the other room. Right. Um, so that was New Year's Eve 2019, and then lockdown was in March. We had one after that, um, I think in February, like at the kickoff party. Yeah. Wasn't great. Blackpool isn't great out of season, so, and, I, and also everyone thought the club had shut down. They'd announced that it was shut, but someone took it over and didn't yeah. advertise it so it wasn't great it was all right and then i think that was february then it shut in in, in march for uh, covid so that's right. led us up to last year did you find yourself just i suppose it's a wind down 
But when COVID hit, because you're not promoting, did you just find it like a, a nice break, or were you just was it were you itching to sort of get back into it? I was COVID, COVID was tough for me, yeah. um, for for many reasons, and it's. I've I've worked in clubs now next year with twenty five years, yeah. and the only other time that I I'd, I'd had a break was when I was in hospital after my car accident, right, uh, and I was out for four months then. So, this was the longest I've ever not worked in clubs. I did a few things, sanctuary related. We did the studio sessions, yeah. uh, did a few mixes. I attempted a few live streams, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know, it's, the break was good. The break was really good for bonding with the family. Yeah. Um, but it was also, bad in a way um not bad in the such of the word but getting back into work the kids have me all the time yeah and then suddenly i'm back out at the weekend that was tough because not just for them but for me yeah. I'm, I'm used to being with them all the time yeah but as well at, at the beginning when when schools were short and nurseries were short me and my missus robin we had to work around each other to to be at home with the kids so Say I'd work six two, she'd start half two. Yeah. We didn't see each other. We sort of went into the into lockdown in a bit of a bad place anyway. Yeah. So we had a rough time. Personally. Yeah. yeah. So I was more focused on that really than Definitely. sanctuary and clubs. It was sort of the the last of my worries. Yeah. It was the family and where we were going and what have you, which it was really hard. Mm -hmm. But um. We got through it and got in a better place than we've ever been. And sort of all, it all started sort of coming together. Um, I just said, do you want to move house? <laughs> Random so way. I was like, right, let's get this decorated, that decorated, put the house up for sale. Um, I'd been there for 12 years. Yeah. First house I'd ever bought. Um, I didn't want to move. I told myself I never want to move away from where I am now. This is where I want to be. Yeah. But Robin's from Blackpool. We did say if we ever moved, we'd go sort of halfway. Not a bad place to be. But my mum lives quite near to her and she's like our main um, childcare. Yeah. Um, and this house came on the market and it was a really good price. And she just said, I want that house. We need to get that house. It was like, pull everything together. Yeah. Savings, what can we do? and put an offer in, we come to view it on Saturday morning, put an offer in, I think in the house at the time, or I might have random oh, half, so half an hour later, yeah, yeah. she said, I want this house, we have to have this house, this is our house. <laughs> um, they rejected the offer, uh -huh. so this is like, right, because we had some savings, and I'd made a bit of money on my old house, yeah. but I wanted a bit more money, to spend on the house or I always like to have some savings just yeah. to, just in case something happens. So we ended up putting everything in because you, you get two offers when you buy a house. Yeah. So you, you, your final offer and it was like, oh, can I, I can't do it, I can't do it. And there's everything right here, we'll give you this much. And they accepted it. And then <laughs> the real nightmare started because it took so long to move. It took us like nine months to move. Yeah. It wasn't that bad 
that because we were in lockdown anyway, but someone was buying our house. Oh, so they got a chain. Yeah. yeah. And they was about to lose their mortgage. We ended up being homeless. Not homeless like on the street, oh, yeah, yeah, but no, moved, mean, into, but... moved into my mum's. Yeah. Because if they, they hadn't moved in our house on a certain date, they would have lost that. Yeah. Then we would have had to resell. Then we would have lost this because they wanted to move out straight away. Some weird um, breakdown of uh, domestic breakdown. I can't get into it. It's not really fair of me to say, mm. but that's why we got a, a good offer. They had to get out as quick as possible. So it was the, the stress, most stressful time I've ever been through, moving house. And it's supposed to be a happy time. But three weeks at my mum's, yeah. five of us in a two-bed uh, terrace. <laughs> it was fun. But, I think but we finally got in and then, we, then yeah. that was it. We're, we're happy and we're here now. And I mean, yeah. it's like 18 months later, we started making our own. Got got big plans that obviously I need time for. I've never got yeah. the time. So that's another thing. I need, I need to free up time to do this and... The, the thing is, though, like, like I, I don't want to say it is because it's, it's quite a negative thing, but, like, COVID was sort of like a blessing in disguise for you because imagine having to run the events as well as do the house move and then live at your mum's for, for, for five weeks and all that. It, we just... Well... Do you know it, what I mean? It, it, actually, when the first week after lockdown was the end of July, when it the 23rd of July, and we moved at the end of August, and... I think I had two weekends off after that July up to Christmas. It was yeah. so busy. And because we'd had this rough time, um, I said, I promise after lockdown, I'm going to hammer it for a bit. And after Christmas, I'll make sure we've got a lot of time together. Yeah. Time with the family and whatever. And I did. I've stuck to it. I've had one or two weekends off a, a month. Um, like to have more, but yeah. it's just part of my life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's business. Got yeah. Going for vocation for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it with the clubs going on. Yeah. So, during um, sort of lockdown and stuff like that, I thought you got on something pretty good. I don't know if it was your idea or someone approached you with it or what, but doing them studio live streams, like everyone was doing the live streams, but you did like a branded one where you did like proper videos and do you know what I mean? And I thought, I thought that that was only good for whenever the clubs opened back up. You built like a little excitement and buzz when there well, was no buzz. It w it was good. It didn't really go to plan. The the first one I wanted to do a charity thing. Yeah. Um. A charity live stream. Yeah. And the studio we were doing it at. What happened now? I think they lost was their the internet. Yeah, they lost yeah, their yeah. internet the week before. Um. So let's cancel it. The donations were still in. We did a few hundred, a uh, few hundred pounds for Manchester Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. but it just got cancelled, and I wanted to postpone it. And then he said, "Now it's been flooded, and this has happened, that has happened. so we just had to forget that studio." And then um, uh, MC Roach had just opened one in, in Bolton, yeah, but it wasn't really set out for a a live stream sort of thing, yeah. So I had the idea. Um, of doing a weekly show yeah they were pre-recorded tried to kid people that it was live but it wasn't live um, which was good because it wasn't good because um, they were always late so it's supposed to be every Friday at a certain time he'd send me the video of Friday night midnight so it went out on Saturday morning so <laughs> we couldn't pull it off as live anyway yeah uh, but I spoke to you about YouTube um, 
because the Sanctuary, Sanctuary YouTube channel had about 100 subscribers. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to build it up. Um, and it's took since then till now to finally get to the 1,000 mark. So when you can start monetizing. So right. that's another thing. I mean, Bon Lee's been helping me a lot getting the um, the old cricket stuff on. Because yeah. there's, there's some lad um, who's got put every cricketer volume on. And they've got thousands and thousands of views. I mean, I know you can't monetize on it, yeah. but they're all going to his channel and he's got thousands of subscribers, just yeah. this random guy who's putting my CDs on. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll put them on. We'll build up the subscribers, build up that, and then yeah. next year, now we're in the position to start putting original stuff on. Yeah. Like MC videos and, I mean, some tracks that I've, I, I've got that are original um, can start streaming them and yeah. a bit of extra income from there. But, like, uh, sort of behind the curtain thing here, like, I struggled in, like, when I was getting this off the ground, I was like, how are people getting these so many views and so much subscribers and stuff like that? And it's, like, the best way I've found doing to get things happening quickly is just, you've got to just go throw money at it, like, um, paid ads on Facebook, um, Instagram and Google ads as well. Like, I went... Like you can go back over the videos now on the YouTube channel and like I had say Rob Kane on for an episode. And he'd done alright for the for the time, he'd done I don't know, like five hundred to a thousand views, something like that, roughly. And then as soon as I've started throwing money at it, um, on on ads, it's just shot right up. Subscribers have gone like really good. Like I was struggling to get like ten subscribers a week at the, when I was just doing it. And I was just like sending it out on like socials and stuff. But like, as I said, there's definitely like a, a thing behind YouTube where it's just all about cash and it's money driven. And you see all these like people, all these big channels with thousands of subscribers. And if you weren't in YouTube early, like the early days of it, where they d didn't rely on sort of money marketing and shit like that, then yeah, you, you sort of missed out. Well, so, so Sopranos actually. have got thousands on theirs, and they've been doing. Jesus has been putting stuff on for for years now. Yeah, I'm really late to the party with with, yeah. with YouTube. Yeah, but if you think about like Fincher, how big Finch is as as an artist. People used to listen to MC Fincher tunes on yeah. phones on the back of buses years and years ago. From back in when he just started, when he was like, yeah, when he was sixteen. And people label tunes as a, an MC Finchy tune. Yeah. So all the kids who were listening to these at the time, when they've come older, Finchy's been like this YouTube superstar and he does nothing but good for him in the, in, yeah. in the future. Um, same as Soprano, so it's, it is a good um, promotion tool. Yeah. Which, because I'm so old school <laughs> and I'm hard copy flyers all the way. Yeah. I've been late to the to the social media stuff, and, I, and it took me a, a while to get get to terms with it. But I'm finally there. <laughs> I'm trying anyway. Yeah, uh, I've i found though, like as you say, like you you see like these. I'd probably if you go if you if you YouTube your your MCFEZ thing, some the top results will have millions of views just because somebody's uploaded that a clip of something like I can almost guarantee I haven't done it but I can guarantee it will have like with Finchies I think he's he put Ozone Bounce it's like someone put that up years ago and it's had something like 3 million views 
it's like yeah is it MC Finchie yeah MC exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. but like if so if, if 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 any of us would have been sort of switched on earlier on with YouTube I think that our channel would have had the 3,000 views yeah. or 3 million views whatever it is um, and I just think kids are today just that's that's what it is isn't it like this next generation coming up now is like the YouTube generation people keep telling me about TikTok yeah are you on it no no uh, no when it when it started getting a craze yeah um, Robin was on it and I could hear it in the background all these annoying songs and it's always the same ones as well isn't it yeah so that's put me off it but people keep telling me now you need to get on TikTok you need to get on TikTok do you know what? In about three years' time, off <laughs> right? Do you know what? I'm gonna get on TikTok. Should do it now, honestly. Uh, people think it's dying down, but it's not. It's, I've, I'm on it. Um, I don't really promote the channel, so it hasn't got many views. I just use it for like personal use. But I see a lot of people on there, like within our scene, who are getting really big numbers on these 30 second clips, and it's like it's it's mental. Like the music. It getting your music on you could have like the latest trend yeah. crazy video with your music on the background that could be all around the world yeah but it's it's easier said than done isn't it like you know what I mean it's, oh, it could happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, sort of coming out of lockdown you you did um, sort of the kickoff party for Sanctuary again didn't you um, in Flamingo yeah it was, it, I'll be honest it wasn't great yeah it was a rescheduled date yeah. And I feel a bit bad about it because it's something that I wouldn't want to do to myself, but I couldn't get any dates that didn't clash on a on a sort of a weekend. Um and we clashed with Let's Have It. Right. It's obviously Ricky and Keo friends of mine. And it and it wasn't sort of um sort of there was no bad feeling intended. It's just I couldn't get a date and I knew they were gonna sell out at Pure. Whatever yeah. we did wouldn't affect them. I'd never take a Friday, but we took a Friday. And I just thought to myself, I said, right, the first weekend out in Blackpool, the first night is going to be busy and everyone will come to Flamingo later. Which yeah. they didn't. It was all right. It did all right, but it wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. But if someone put, if someone put um, an event the night before mine, I'd be pissed off about it. And I, I wouldn't want to clash with people, and it's it's a thing that's going on at the minute. And like, I've been running Sanctuary for nearly twenty one years now, and you can't get away from it. As as bad as it is, I mean, back in the day, yeah, when the Sanctuary was at DNA, frequency was in Bolton on the same night, and we both used to sell out, and Pier was still on. Yeah. So you'd have three on a Friday night, yeah. and you'd have Maxims on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got four there in a weekend all successful mm. so although that's always in the back of your mind when you're thinking it can't go that bad it's not the same day and age it's not no it's a lot different and if you're not working together it's going to be problems it's, we, we, a lot of us are trying to work around it but it's hard isn't it yeah I think people in the scene um, don't realise that our scene i I don't know an exact number, but we we all share the same 5,000, 10,000 people who just, so they won't be out every weekend, that's why I'm saying you won't get 10,000 people in a club, but what I'm saying is that there's that core audience who try, who will travel to Blackpool, who will travel to, to Wigan, who will, do you know what I mean, um, for an event, and 
people don't realise that we're all sharing them in today's day and age. It's not as if you can run one in Blackpool, one in Wigan, and they're both going to be booming. There's going to be like crossover somewhere at some point. That's just my opinion. Like, yeah, because it's, it's the same faces when you go. Like, you you go and it's the same people you've seen in another town two weeks before. That, that's what I've found, anyways. But yeah, it's a different day and age, like you say. Um, so what what was it after that then? Um, so obviously, done the first weekend back. I think everyone kept rescheduling dates because it was like because the government were running saying we're gonna open at this date and it's like oh no we're not gonna just go into another tier and stuff like that it was all bullshit but everyone wanted that first weekend didn't they i think that's what the the initial concept was but no one knew which the first weekend was going to exactly. be that was the problem yeah so so, so I, the let's have it event that was the first weekend at pure yeah you that wasn't a rescheduled day that was their original day and, that's and, and they got and look yeah. and, and well, i wish i had that look <laughs> i don't get those sort of things yeah. But, um, I mean, you couldn't have picked it and it was unfortunate for everyone who was rescheduling because then you'd have to put it on some, like, for example, the Carl, first Carlisle night. Yeah. Sold out. 80 people turned up, but it sold out. I, I've, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. I'm stood there thinking, do they even know where the club is? I, I, I don't remember you saying that because I thought, like, in my head it was like, this is going to be rammed because uh, there was a bit of hype and stuff like that like the, the a lot of the old sanctuary faces from West Cumbria like were on it and I mean, I'm like I'm looking forward to seeing that we had Andy Whitby booked and he got Covid yeah so that was two days before he had to cancel mm -hmm. but we swapped him for club filler yeah I think that might have affected maybe a couple of handful of people yeah but not 250 people not turning up yeah so i just couldn't get my head around that but if if that day was something that they'd booked for someone else it might have been a you had to pick between the two yeah that sort of thing so then the, the event after the halloween one that didn't sell as many tickets but it was a lot busier yeah um and then we did the Christmas one with the rescheduled Andy Whitby day, which wasn't great. It was a week before Christmas. It was never going to be great. But I had this booking that I'd already paid for that I had to fit in somewhere. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I love that venue. It's um, class, class. A lot of people like it, but it's just not really took off the way I thought it would after selling out the first event. So that's uh, sort of on the back burner for a bit, I think. Um, I just want to ask, how did you get into that venue then, originally? Because, like, as I say, I didn't even know that existed anymore. It's, it's, it used to be the melting pot, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I thought that that had sort of been and gone. Like, Oh, I did. But, obviously, I speak with Gary Kay. Yeah. Um, asking what he recommends in the area. And he told me about it. Um, so I went up for a chat with the guy, Seb, who owns it. Yeah. So it was between that and the one next door... What's it called? Um, Brickyard. Brickyard. Yeah. So Gary said you, they're both good, they're yeah. both similar size, but the difference was you put a system in one, the other one I thought had a function one in it, but it hasn't. Yeah. Um, so it was a relatively low cost setup night. If it, if it didn't work, which often in Carlisle it doesn't, yeah. you won't lose a lot of money, but if you're setting everything up plus paying all your wages, it's, it's a bit of a harder hit. 
So I went for that and it was, um, well, the second one at least was, was a brilliant night. I love that. That was so good. Um, so yeah, so you've always got like bits and bobs on it that uh, it's sort of constant. So there's so much I want to ask you about. Um, the the cricket union when that came back, what was what was the thing behind that? Uh, well, what it was. Since leaving the cricketer, yeah. we always did like a sanctuary cricketer reunion. Right. So it was all the DJs who played for sanctuary at the cricketer, and then we did. There were some good ones at DNA. Um, we've done a couple over the years. Um, but then they didn't seem to work. I think the last one we did was um, at Maxim's when it was WM1. Yeah. Um, but Bowles got in touch with me and they were doing this big reunion night. Right. So they had Maxim's. Um, the main room was Maxim's Back to the Old School and yeah. they had Monroe's National Anthems and they wanted to do um, a cricketer thing. So I thought, oh, what I'll do... I'll, um, sorry, and it was one of the biggest nights I've ever had at Bowlers. They had about 6,000 people and it was, um, yeah. it was just, couldn't believe how busy it was. So I thought, there's definitely a market here because our room was packed out. We're, we're in the smaller of the three rooms, but um, it was packed out so I could see there was interest. So I thought, I'll start it off again, but what I'll do, don't do it as a sanctuary cricketer and pick from each each brand and just do it as a cricket reunion yeah um, so you'd have a couple from four play uh, some from sanctuary dance attack um, meltdown um some of the vic djs who they did some um, some nights there so a mixture of everybody a mixture of the mcs a mixture of the djs and that was the first one we did at pure the first few at pure was just amazing and yeah. like the music's really close to my heart because it's it was it was sort of um well it's how i started really mm. so there's always got fond memories of of the original sounds that got you passionate about about the scene so mm. the thing what the, the thing what happened with the cricket reunion is that a lot of the djs sort of got them out of semi-retirement and they weren't doing a lot of other stuff yeah so that kick-started their passion for DJing and MCing. So then they started doing more things. Yeah. Some good stuff, some not so good stuff. So the cricket reunions weren't then as special because you could see these people there, there and everywhere. Yeah. So they haven't been as good as they were. So I've decided moving forward, I'll do one a year. Um, and probably try and make them a bit more exclusive um but which for the artists and yeah not trying to get too like bossy with them but if they're going to be playing so many weeks around there's the pointless having them on because it's not special yeah, yeah you want it to be like an annual sort of something everyone looks forward to sort of thing like that. exactly so, probably um i mean i've got a date penciled i've, I've got a few dates penciled up pure for various different events. Yeah. I've not had them confirmed yet, but I've, I've put them forward to the venue. Um, one of them is going to be my 25 years, um, which will be next year. So that will be a big thing for me. Yeah. 
I've managed to last so long. <laughs> um, so that'll be a lot of cricketer-based artists. Yeah, through the years. Um, sort of old friends and what have you. So I'm going to... That won't be a cricket reunion. Yeah. And I will do a cricket reunion. Try and space them out. Yeah. Um, just trying to keep things interesting. Because the, the thing what I find, which... Because Sanctuary's been going for so long. We've done that many. There's people want to do new things and they'll think, well, I'm not going to go to that one because I can go again in yeah, a month yeah. or two months. Make them feel special. So if, them, if, I, if, I can, if I can make the events more exclusive, one, two, three a year, two, push, <laughs> um, there'll be more interest. So it's like I've had that Martin from BTID, he's a good friend and we talk a lot and he advises me. So yeah, you do too much and I don't see it as doing too much mm. but sometimes you really need to listen to people mm-hmm. which I have a problem with doing sometimes <laughs> so I've def- I'm definitely doing it with a cricket that'll be one next year yeah um, and trying to do less sanctuary nights but I'm putting together a, a new team residence some people don't know some people sort of know I've not followed up the conversations. Um, because again, if you can see all the, the same people playing overnight, a week apart, different venues, you, you want to have your exclusive lineup. Yeah, yeah. I can same with like, um, like BTID, they've got their, their core residence. What I think is really good about BTID, that I think Sanctuary or any of the branding you do would benefit is... I, I, I think I've only seen this once and it was this year. They announced all the events for the year. I know it's hard, harder to do it because you need to lock in dates and stuff like that. But like they said, with like at the beginning of the year, I remember seeing saying our Wonderland's going to be then, our BTID um, Beef is going to be then, our Boxing Days. But and like they sort of done it throughout the year. So it's it was an insinuation of, right, we're not going to. You, if you miss this event, you miss out on this spectacle. Do you know what I mean? Well, they do. Their events are exclusive. You've got one pair on the pair. You've yeah. got one Wonderland. Yeah. You used to have one park hour, but now... Yeah. There's more. Can't, <laughs> can't see anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they are sort of a... You miss this, like you said. You miss, miss pair on the pair. You're not going for another 12 months. Yeah. But if you miss Sanctuary Flamingo, don't worry, because you can go again in two months. So I need to get that made around that. Yeah. So this is where I've got, I've got um, Blackpool Wigan and now Markham. I don't know how long that's going to last, but the first one was really good. Yeah. Uh, they want me to do more things next year, so I sort of space out about and there's maybe a Sankfest. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the I've got I've got a partner in it, and um, I'm leaving a lot of stuff down to him because he's connected with councils and yeah production and things like that so he needs to kick up the ass to get things going because I want to get things advertised because like say like like BTID they get the dates out yep. people know it's happening other people know that that's happening so they don't want to put things on that day if you see spectacles like like as you say you appear on the pier or on a bigger scale Creamfields you see Creamfields like they release the tickets the day after the last one or two days after if I'm not mistaken and you see them like everyone's because of the, the hype's freshly there off the last one like or, or that someone's seen their mates go and they're like 
fuck me, I've missed out on a good night there. I'm going to have to get on that. And they're buying the tickets straight away. So, and then they've, they've got them tickets for a whole year before. So I can see why you want to get it out earlier and you'll get that initial people buying the tickets and then it'll sort of dribs and drabs for, like throughout the year. And then that last few weeks when you do it, you'll be able to sort of hammer home that this is going to be sort of yeah. special. Same with Reminisce, they get theirs out pretty much straight away, get the date out. Yeah. You pretty know within a week aside of each other when Reminisce is going to be. Creamfields is always bank holiday weekend. Yeah. So I think if you could establish that, that's just, uh, I think that would be really sort of beneficial to you in the long run. Um, if you'd say, I did do this week per year. Same with like, you see in the hard house scene, the tidy weekend there. I think they had a bit of a thing because of COVID rearranging dates and stuff like that. But throughout the year, they're like, right, we're doing this, this and this this year. And if you miss it, then you miss it. There's not going to be another in two months or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I wanted to ask about uh, the Johnny's Warehouse, is it called? Is that what yeah. I so you've, you've done that one. I've seen the first, I think I can't remember someone put up a video or something like that. It looked refreshing oh, it was and brilliant. decent. It was brilliant. It's, you know, it, it got recommended me to Macca. Yeah. You know, Mad Macca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he recommended it ages ago. And I just thought, Mark, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. But then I, then I think about it. And when we went to Lancaster for, for Liquid, mm-hmm. They started off really well, so just, but I think I overdid it, and then and then the club shut down, and that was it. Um, but like you mentioned about Cumbria, we have had a lot of good following from Lancaster and Markham over the years. Yeah, and these days you're lucky to get five people from both towns together. So I know that there's people in the area who like the music. I mean, yeah. I know a lot go to the the bigger events, the BTID events. So I thought, Do you know what, why not? I'll go and have a look at it. And I went in, I thought it's got potential this. So um, the, it's quite a new business um, and they're all kitted out with the latest 3000 Nexus. And nice. It's like, what do you want? Um, he said, there's no room here. You can do what you want. Uh, I thought, right, sign me up. And it went really well. The only problem was it was so hot. Everyone was outside. We yeah. locked out. We couldn't let any more people in. Police, yeah. police came and said, that, that's it, you're not letting anyone in. But everyone was outside because it was so hot. Because it was middle of summer. Yeah. Or well, back end of summer, but it was really hot. It's only tough area as well, like, isn't it? Like, I think that's what you, you just need to look for. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to overdo it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to put a few dates in, but... But the thing is, when that happens... You get people trying to jump on the bandwagon and sort of nick it off you, and it's yeah. some venues hard to sort of stay exclusive. I mean, I don't expect them to, but yeah, if it start, if the if the area starts getting crowded with with all the bounce nights, it's just going to kill it off. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, I want to ask as well. Obviously, I was doing some of them mashups and that for you, um, for the promo videos that you were doing. Um, have you got something to do with the zone now? Is that what, is that is that something? yeah? I'm. I'm co-running zone right. with Debbie right. um, which is going really well I'm really enjoying it because I mean I grew up listening to zone yeah. got me into the music and the MCing listening to Breeze and Ivy yeah. you didn't actually hear Wizard till after I'd started <laughs> yeah. I was more into the venue tapes before I had a dabbling hardcore for a bit yeah. um, but I mean I've had, a, I've had a bit of involvement with zone in the past yeah. but it was a really sort of dark time 
a 2012-13, it was, wasn't good to have anything in Clubland. Yeah. Um, especially old school nights. Um, they didn't really work. We did one in Carlisle that was good and the others were sort of breaking even. So we stopped doing it. It wasn't worth our while. Or it wasn't worth my while. Mm. But it was... When I brought Zone in to do the Room 2 at one of the Sangfest at Domain yeah. and then the New Year's Eve at Flamingo, so I was still scoped for yeah. potential good events. So I spoke to their business and I'm happy to come on board with you if you want to, want to do it. Um, and we've gone from there. The, the, I mean, the 20th, uh, 20th 30th, 30th birthday. Yeah. That was such a good night. And I mean, I know the bigger nights like that, the the flagship birthday events and things like that, they'll always do well. And I think because it was advertised in COVID and everyone was just dying to get out, everyone just bought tickets. The only bad thing that happened with that was a date change. Right. So we went from July, from the original, well, the original zone birthday was in July. Yeah. And we had to put it back to August Bank Holiday. We lost a lot of people because bought Creamfield tickets right we had a good 150 people not turn up but it was still a really good night and then from there with the old school nights it's you're looking at an event that started 30 years ago people in the 50s 40s 50s and sometimes older they're not going to go to every night they might have just done the birthday and then on the dancing shoes up again yeah. so we, we know that we know they're not all not, they're not all going to be massive yeah. so we're trying to keep it interesting and we, I mean Debbie wanted Ultrasonic on for a birthday event yeah. which I mean another one of the first things they ever listened to was Fantasia Big Bang Ultrasonic on that yeah. so I wanted to book him just to be involved in an event I mean I've, I've, I've introduced Mayorka Lee before yeah. at Reminisce but never been on a proper line up event with um, Ultrasonic I mean, they don't do it as a PA anymore. He's just sort of a one-man band. But yeah. it's still a good experience to have him on. He didn't really pull like we expected it to. Yeah. And these 56-year-olds weren't really up for the uh, bouncy techno hardcore <laughs> like they were in 95, 96. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was I, good. I found that... I don't know what, what, what like what's caused it or whatnot, but during COVID, I think maybe a lot of the older generation thought maybe life's too short or something like that because there seems to be a big resurgence in the old school and like I think I'm, I'm just speaking of Cumbria because obviously I've seen it but there was a time as you say 2012-2013 where the old school thing sort of like no one goes to old school nights any, anymore and then now there just seems to be a big boom of it again since Covid well you're right that's that's just like the Cumbria dancing, it comes and goes. Yeah. When Bowlers reopened in 2012, mm. that was massive and they had some Fantasia events on and there was big events and I think people got the idea that, um, well, I'm, I'm going to do that and loads of people were doing all school nights. But before that, you had, you had the Bowlers reunion, yeah. which is now rebranded as More Cake. Yeah. They were one of the only people doing all school nights and that made them successful um, and after that loads started doing it more cake went a little bit quiet um, so the people who were putting the bits and bats here there and everywhere they'd soon start dropping yeah. and the stronger ones will, will represent themselves 
So that was the same time when I first got involved with Zone. Um, like when when bowls are reopened, but bowls don't really do that many old school nights anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's a big one for like <laughs> Stu, Stu Allen's Memorial. Yeah. I hope that's absolutely gobsmacked yeah. like that I'm on the lineup with, with all those people. It's crazy that Everyone lineup. I've listened growing up as a kid and I'm on the lineup and I mean, I'm proud to be part of it. Yeah. Because no stress because I'm not running it so <laughs> I can go and enjoy myself with yeah. some of the legends that I've uh, grown up listening to that, when I see that line drop and like you see like so obviously when you see a usual club player and it's like boom headliner and it's like in big font and all this then you get like the, the names of the, and like right down to the bottom where it gets smaller and I was getting down the list because um, it's quite a small like fonted list on the player and I was thinking I was getting close to the bottom and there was still fucking huge names on the, on the thing I was like Fuck, well, I think the last MC on the list is Nats. Yeah. Nats is one of the most legendary MCs yeah. ever been. He's been going for about eighty years, I think. <laughs> but it's crazy, like that. The... I'm gonna try and get to it. Um, but if you're a rare, like if you if you've been to raves and had anything to do with the rave scene in in the north of England <laughs> in the last thirty years. It's like a dream lineup. Well, it is a dream lineup. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll you definitely it. miss someone. Yeah. Because if you're in that room, you're going to miss someone in that room and you won't be able to. And for me as well, I'll be, I'll be yapping to people on <laughs> exactly what I do it, like reminisce. Yeah. I reminisce, do my set and I try and have a day out, but... You can't. I end up getting pulled, oh, I can't believe I've not seen you for ages and start talking. Yeah. You know? Even walking across the site is <laughs> But yeah, I can see what you mean. So uh, I want to get into, as well, before we move on to like sort of more modern stuff, um, you as an artist, like as FEZ since coming back from COVID I've seen your name on like flyers as well as like away from Sanctuary and stuff are you being more proactive or what? Well I've got a deal with BTID yeah Um, I don't want to go too much into it but I'm a bit more exclusive I'm not 100% exclusive because I've obviously got Sanctuary and real other bits and bats yeah. but um I'm, I'm, I'm exclusive to them for a period of time around the events. Right. So that's usually when I plan sort of uh, West Cumbria, Carlisle, things out of town because mm. it's a Northwest agreement. Um, I do a few old school, old school things. And do you know what? I, I turn down so many bookings, some of them because I'm just not interested. Yeah. Um, but some because I've, I've got this arrangement I'd, I'd rather do the bigger events yeah and and then go to a shitty club with 100 people in them I'm, I'm not interested i've done it that long i'm just yeah i'd rather be at home with my family yeah um so like you mentioned about their calendar i know those dates for the year i can plan my dates for the year i can plan my holidays with the family mm -hmm. i can tell robin my club rotor she works her rotor out it's there's a, there's a lot more goes into it than just taking a book in because i've got three children and mm. i'm not one of these people who will just expect her to drop everything yeah. because i'm going to a book in it's, it's a two-way street she's got commitments i've got commitments we've both got jobs oh, absolutely um, and we, obviously we need time together as, mm. as a family and that's one thing that Covid has definitely taught me. Yeah. Um, not that I ever did it anyway, um, 
I've, I've always I always do stuff for my kids yeah um, I mean we've been on like four holidays this year won't be the same next year um, she's starting uni in January but even that she'll be doing uni Monday to Friday and she'll have to work at the weekend yeah so I need to be at home so yeah, if so someone says can you come and do this club in back and beyond somewhere Rotten style yeah slam dunk the donk or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know I'm not interested I've been there done that I'm not bothered yeah it's like turning up to be disheartened but then a night away from your family as well like because you're disheartened because you get booked for this event you turn up and it's a fucking like as you say it's a workman's club nothing against it or all like that people are putting the effort in trying to run an event yeah of course you start somewhere but it's just, yeah. it's just not for me yeah understandable totally um, but as I say sort of coming up to more to more recent times you've I've seen that you you sort of you're, you're, you're never not busy, put it that way, do you know what I mean? But you've um, you've got a lot on, so obviously you've been doing the um, black box, you've been doing bits and bobs in pure, and I've seen, I've, like, I've seen you on a few lineups. Uh, you did the Let's Have It a couple, you've done them I've before. I've done Let's Have It. Have you not? I thought you did. No, no. no I thought you did one Let's Have It. Uh, or was it Slams? Is that, is that not right? Yeah, Slam, that was like a collab. A collaboration event, sorry, yeah, I thought that was a... That... Yeah, so what, what happened with that is... Um... Wonderland got cancelled right. and the promoters involved in Slammed were right. supposed to have an arena at Wonderland. Right. So because it moved to Parkour, they couldn't accommodate us. So we just put us together and put Slammed together. Right, That's, that makes sense. I See, I didn't know the, the thing behind it. I thought it was like sort of that, that event. So, so you've done that and I've seen, am I right thinking you're on the Sopranos lineup? Or the birthday event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I've I don't think I've I was actually booked for Sopranos earlier in the year. Right. And I got stuck on the motorway at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> There'd been some mad crash. Yeah. Um and I didn't make didn't make it. It was the Battle of the Brands. Right. So um they were gonna do we were gonna do a sanctuary set there and they were gonna do one with us, but I didn't make it. So who who was the the, the sanctuary set? Was it you and John? Oh. Uh, me and Nick. And you and Nick, yeah. right, all right. Um, and then sort of this year you've been obviously doing the um, Flamingos events um, and sort of keeping busy like that. Um, so what have you got like in the pipeline that you can share with us? You've mentioned the Sand Fest, but we won't get into that because yeah. obviously you, I don't know what's confirmed or not. But what, what have you got for people to look forward to in the future? So next, next week, because this will be coming out this Friday, um, next week it's Sanctuary Sopranos in Blackpool. Um, I think that's going to be like really good. Probably oh, one of the I best hope events. So, yeah. It was really good last year. Yeah. Um, what else have you got coming up? Well, there's the bowlers event the week after. And then it's the Sopranos birthday, okay. and then I'm doing a spin-off Maxime's night, which is called um, <laughs> Bounce Nation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a pure. Uh, the week after 10th of December. Nothing on the tenders. I think I've got my work to do actually. Right. If I go, I didn't go last year. <laughs> um, Robin's got her work to do the same day, so yeah. It's like who's going, who's not. <laughs> well, toss for him. Um, potentially a zone night. Right. Oh, we, since we've only yeah, just yeah, yeah. really spoke about it briefly last night. Me and Debbie. Yeah. Um, I can't say too much about that either because I don't want to upset people. Yeah. But I have to make a decision. I think it'll be good because recently I've been 
introduced well recently we've introduced a few new DJs to, to, to Zone yeah and traditionally it's always been traditional DJs um, but same thing I said about the sanctuary events people getting bored if people have seen these DJs over and over and over yeah. for 30 years they're going to lose interest and they think you know, well, I don't want to do it but introducing new people fresh talent they've got followings and it makes the night different for new tunes that aren't usually played yeah words at the last one so bringing new people in obviously means someone's got to be left out yeah um and we did a we did a competition as well a dj competition looking for a jenk style dj right and the response was unreal and there's so many good djs out there and i feel i feel sorry because these aren't kids yeah and some of them especially the guy who won it uh, fitch i mean i heard his name years ago uh, he's a cumbrian South um, from Barrow, I think. Right. Um, I've heard his name for years, seen his mixes, but never met him. I just can't remember if I met him. <laughs> but, um, so these are people who haven't really had a chance at Zone over the years, and now people are getting, have got the chance of a chance. Yeah. Um, he's just exposed all these good DJs. So the one that we're looking at at Christmas is going to win include a lot more new DJs yeah. if, if I get my way obviously it's got to be agreed with Debbie yeah. um, because you never know they could be it could be the best DJ you've ever heard but they've never had the chance yeah. well I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you something this is just me as a, as a, a person this is my personal opinion uh, I've seen the, the lineup for the Halloween one that you did um, and it was the camera flaring. It was like headliner, and then there's your usual suspects of, that you see on zone. And then there was um, Gary Kier, Candy Grundy, uh, a few, a couple Jordan of others. Morris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lad. Right, and I seen that, and you know something? It, it was like, oh, like the, it piqued my interest. So for somebody who's banging to zone, I could imagine it was probably like this is not just the same thing you're seeing all the time, and it, it made me like think. This this could be something. So as a, as an average listener, I think I was more attracted to look at the changes here rather than the headliner. I thought it was it was really good what what you're doing. I seen you're doing the competition and stuff like that. Um, so it's maybe something to keep in mind. That's just coming from. We're definitely going to carry on doing it. But the thing is now now we're at the problem that the new people who've come in have impressed really well. Mm. So do we keep them on? Get rid of some of the older faces. We've got, we've got, you've got to have your core zone people. Yeah. The legend DJs who've done it for years. There has to be some there. Yeah. Um. So, and we're not really keep. Well, Debbie's not really keen on shortening the sets. I yeah. know a lot of bounce sets these days are really short or back to back, and no one likes that. Mm -hmm. But if you do, if you have five DJs, I don't know what's shit that line up. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's, it's hard working with that as well. So bringing in. Other legends on DJs with but someone uh, can't see his name mm. uh, for 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 April. Obviously, someone's got to move aside for that person. Yeah, and then bringing in other new people, someone's got to move aside. So it's, it's always hard doing that. That's why it's hard having residents and having a lot of residents. Yeah, and something Sopranos have always done is advertise the residents for the year. I never do that because things change. Apart from I have arguments with people, so, <laughs> you know, it might not fit the night you want to do. Yeah. So if you go into a venue where, like, um, what people call a rush pit, mm. you would expect 
tunes like say Nicky B will play yeah and that would fit the, the theme yeah but on the other side of the coin you could go to somewhere like a last hour at Flamingo when yeah. you know yourself that won't work mm-hmm. you've got to pick for the for the venue but if yeah. you've committed to, to people to be a, a, to be residents I've got to be on all of them and if you don't play the, the music so but I always think about that but I am going to announce 2023 residents that's good yeah but I think that a good thing is that obviously not the, the 2023 residents but um, the thing with zone is you could do sort of I'm just as I say spitballing or something but people on rotation okay you're not on this event but you'll be on the next one well it, that's how it is at the minute yeah without actually being said we do say to people if they ask oh why am I not on but the fact is you just can't have everyone so on so much time yeah and it, it's not just the time it's the money mm-hmm. and Joe Public doesn't understand that all these DJs cost money yeah and you're door admissions have to cover these costs and you need to make money off it it's mm-hmm. pointless doing so it, it's a bit disheartening when you put a good line apart and then someone goes oh what about him so and so yeah fucking break yeah you should be excited about what you see like right i mean if you if you did it and it, there were i don't want to degrade anybody else but if you put it on and there was a load of just b-class djs on who were not necessarily good you'd be like where's everyone at but you're putting a strong lineup on and it's like so and so on it's like fucking hell like these are all sort of grade A DJs I don't understand why people complain and stuff like I know I think nowadays you're looking at it from a, prom- a promoter's view I think people should be looking from a DJ's perspective um, why promoters book them and that thing being of like people need to work harder to stand out and just not expect a, a place do you know what I mean yeah, so, like yeah. like it gives them a reason to, to for you to be on that every, every event. Like I, that's just my opinion. Like I, you should. I will. I will put it out there now. Like for those who don't know, um, if you look at the last event I put on, I done myself up until close, and that was simply because I've dropped all my residents. There's no resident DJs on who were in the past, because people get complacent, people get lazy, and it's like there's no excitement about it so if I do it myself and then that, they, they question, come and question me and say why am I not on the event I'll say well when was the last time you've done something that contributed to it it's like you've got to be able to bring something to the table if you're not going to pour exactly. a, 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 a mix every few months or something like that and then expect to be on it's like so this is this is one of the big issues with um, like the deviation competition once a year mm-hmm. searching for a new DJ the majority of the better DJs they'll sort of um, they won't let it known on social media that they're playing they'll turn up on their own and you've got to have something else about you the mixing tunes I tell you I've said this a million times to different people the last thing I need is a DJ who can mix because there's a million people who can do it yeah if, if there's nothing else to you and it's not like there's this sort of stigma about ticket sellers it's not about selling tickets it's about proving that people want to come and watch you yeah so if you've got 
I mean, last deviation competition, the majority of DJs played to nobody. Yeah. Which, I, 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 it's a waste of money. Right? It cost me money to run the competition. I've got to pay for the room, I've got to pay for the staff, mm. I've got to pay to stop the fridges. So, it cost me money. I'm not doing it for people to sell tickets. Yeah. You're sort of judging. If you've got a bit of a crowd there, you can't play to a crowd if there's no crowd. Yeah. So, and all these people who thought, well, I'm too good for room two, I'm, well, prove it. Yeah. I'm not it's hard, it's hard to get recognised as, as an artist. It really is. Yeah. And, and it's because of social media. It, it works against itself. It's really good to help yourself promote. It's much better than standing outside clubs giving cassettes out, which we used to do mm. 25 years ago. You can put yourself out there, but you've got to know how social media works. Yeah. You've got to even try as well. Like a lot of these people won't try the social media because it's like, oh, I'm not selling myself out like that. I'm not doing that. It's like, why not? It's a tool, use it. Like, exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a massive part of the whole industry. Yeah. Well, I, like, this is not my, like, I don't want anyone to be offended by this, but I'll probably offend somebody. Um, when you see when you see it and it's like I'm, I'm better than room two I'm better than this whatever and then you go to the night where they booked on a room two the room's empty and it's like if you're as good as you say you are but all their friends are in the main room yeah. they don't even want to watch their own friend that's just goes to show I know it's, 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 it's a really blunt thing to say but it's just the truth isn't it it's like, the truth yeah. you know what we put a deviation live event on in, in Flamingo did mm -hmm. free tickets and um, we got rid of 750 free tickets I thought it was going to be really busy mm -hmm. but as you know it, it doesn't cost anyone for a free ticket so people just get them mm -hmm. and then don't go but I thought there would be more than I think it was about 100 people there right. but those 100 people who were there no one was on the dance floor and the, this group of MCs don't get me wrong they've got skills mm -hmm. in the the writing and the the deliverance and all that but and the djs as well there was no one on the dance floor but they're still playing the same pokey after pokey yeah and not looking around it's like come on this is why you're in room two yeah there's one mc who impressed me out of all of them on that deviation live i'm not going to say any other names yeah but this guy who impressed me was that bl blister yeah is it? i think it's a scouser Right, okay. I've, it's not common for me to praise the scouts. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen, I've seen somebody um, put up on SoundCloud something like last week of his and I stuck it on and I thought... That's Nicky, wasn't it? I've not, that's I've the not one, listened yeah. it myself yet, but yeah. I'm going to do cause, cause it. Cause, because he was the only person, apart from Oggy, 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 trying to get the crowd going, trying to get people on the dance floor. He's, he's got really good potential. Yeah. Um, I Obviously, you're looking from an MC's perspective. And for, for me, like, I don't know whether you, you're, a lot of the time you're outside if I'm, like, when I'm on for Sanctuary, because I was doing, like, sort of the first hour and stuff, but I wouldn't come in and put on pork, well, not even pork, eat harder stuff at 150 plus in the first hour, and it's like, you walk into these room twos, and I'm not just saying it's at a Sanctuary event, I mean, room twos anywhere, that's got a bounce event on. You go in and the DJs are on at nine o'clock at night playing one five five fucking 
Like mega I've had, I've had it in Sanctuary. There was, um, I'm not going to name that mm. site, but they literally started with a porky track at 155. Yeah. The first hour, I said, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I said, Well, there's no one in. So yeah. Because you just open the door. <laughs> you don't want to walk into that. Yeah. And that's what they can't get the red round. Yeah. They, they think they're a main room DJ, main set DJ, before they can walk. That's what. Yeah. And like, there's been times where. I've I've had an idea of what I wanted to play and you've said you're on at this time and I've I've came and I've adapted it because I couldn't put they would what I wanted to play wouldn't fit that hour. Do, do you know what I mean? And there's been other times where like say I played the last hour for you, um and um I would maybe expect it to go on first or something like that. And I've had to change it up completely as well. But these these people have just got in their heads. This is who I am as an artist, and I'm gonna go and play pokey whatever hour it is, first hour, last hour, any time. I mean, any time one. This is what I do. I don't change for no one sort of thing. And it's like you've got to you've got to be you to an extent, but you've got to you've got to learn to read that crowd as well. Well, like what do they want to hear? Like if if somebody's on before you, for instance, and and they're they're playing a load of pokey stuff, and everyone's going nuts to it, then fair enough. Go on and carry on on that vibe if you want to um and in the same way you wouldn't drop it 10 bpm and play yeah. some some old dutch stuff yeah exactly yeah that's exactly what it is but as i say i think a lot of people might just take a bit of um conditioning into realizing that they can or can do whatever they want yeah it, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a hard line because you don't disrespect anybody by saying there's a reason no one's in here or, do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't like offending people if, I, if I'm honest. But sometimes it's it's in black and white. You talk, it's right in front of you. Like if if I wasn't if what I was playing wasn't working, I'd play something a different style. For instance, um, you you can lose you can lose a dance floor from track to track. So then, um, I don't know. For an example, I've seen um, I've been on where I've played like a Spanish track, like a Spanish hard dance with the rolling bass lines. You know, like um, yeah. Something like, um, I don't know. So I think the, the tune off the top made was uh, DJ Litos, the Heat of the Night tune, I think it's called. Um, I was playing that and I was like, this isn't translating well. So then you, you go back to the more bouncy offbeat stuff and then it goes from there. I know I sort of rabbit on a bit now about it, but it's just, it's, it's simple reading of the crowd. Like anyone can put a track list together. You could have two DJs play the exact same list of tunes in a different order one yeah. will work and one won't work yeah and that's always one of the things that i always loved about andy pendle right he's just the best at playing the right tune at the right time and, and benty as well but, but yeah. more back at the pier yeah um just reading the crowd and playing that like cause at the pier back in the day um like before i really started at clubs you could have like um trance tune yeah and then all of a sudden funky rhyme will drop and it was like when donk was just coming in yeah. that sound the donk i fucking hate that word yeah when that sound was coming about head check um things like that and, and there, it wasn't a full night of it you'd have one or two every hour and yeah. that was the effect it had and to and then and then you'd have like a, a massive big transfer yeah, and they come at the right time. It's the DJ knowing when to play those tunes, and watching the crowd and notice when it's a bit different. And yeah, 
Looking at it from a... Because um, there, there, there were novelty tracks as well. Like, when you hear, say, um, as you say, head check. When head check come in, it's like, this is that sort of donk tune. But looking at it from a perspective of a producer, if you're, if I was in that club and I'm like, well, this is going off, and then all of a sudden we've created our own subgenre of music because all oh, this tune works, so I'm going to produce a tune with the donking, and then everyone's producing a tune with the donking, and then all of a sudden we're a donk scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, this, this I've always stuck with, tried to stick with my, what I want from a sanctuary DJ. Yeah. And I never really wanted a producer DJ. It's it's good if you can produce. Yeah. But don't I don't like the same because if a lot of producers use the same bass lines. Yeah. And the same sounds. So if you've got a set with all that same sound, it could kill it, and you've got yeah. nothing to change to. Yeah. Um. The only person who who did it better, who did it right, was sort of Alex K because he, he made different bass lines. Yeah. Um. You you'd rarely when he when he played at DNA for us, you'd rarely have a following on the same baseline. Yeah. Um and I think um a lot of producers these days, even though they make some good tracks, same, they, can, they, they can kill it by yeah. just being it just like gets like monotone and like boring. I think my attraction to, to, to Sanctuary when when I was getting into it when I was younger, um was listening to say John. John for me is like I'm not just saying it because he's your mate or anything like that. I've, I've told him to to his face as like he's he's my favorite DJ and as as a club DJ because even now I'm like oh, I don't know if this will work in a club, John. What do you reckon? And he'll be like At the right time that'll work because he'll play a bit of trance in it in his set. He'll play a bit of hard house in his set. He'll play a, a, the latest donk tune in his set. But like he's he's still got the, the the thing that attracted me to Sanctuary was it was there was a little bit of everything. Do you know what I mean? So like I'm not knocking anybody else, but if you went to uh, medicine, you it would just be the same thing all night. Like the the porky stuff. No, but I'm not, not knocking it because it, it, it at its time and place. But what I'm saying is with 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 John, he could throw in. An Italian tune, he could throw in a trance tune, he didn't know what's coming in, it kept, it kept the night exciting because, like, when I used to listen to the CDs, it was like getting an education of, oh, well, that's Italian, that's that, that's that. And John G is one of the only, one of the only DJs who could probably play a big event start to finish and not struggle with any, any tune. Yeah. And, and not lose crowd. Yeah. That, that makes it for the 20th birthday. Right. It's just, Tune after tune after tune, and you think, Jesus. Yeah, but as I say, just got his, like his variety in styles is what piqued my interest in in being a DJ. Like, there's a few, there's a there's a few names out there in the scene who's like that. But if you're just gonna come on and you're gonna play bounce with the the same donk sampling throughout. Yeah, the tunes are good in, as an individual, but like thirty minutes into that set, I'm gonna be like, "Fucking, I'm sick of hearing that sound now." He got um, he was he's been labelled uh, it's just an Italian DJ for for a, off a few people for a while. Yeah. I said, "Do you do you even know what we play in Sanctuary?" Yeah, like, yeah, you play all that old stuff, cricket. I said, "No, we did no ten years ago we did." Mm. Like in the past, it was ten years. Mm. But um, 
I think it's hard to shake it off if he's he's, he's not just an old school DJ Italian yeah. DJ it's like, yeah. I think he might have lost his um, passion for new music for a while but now he's, he's, he's he seems to be liking all the um, harder driving like yeah. Ben Nicky stuff and um, we've been talking a lot about hard style recently me and him yeah and I've uh, because I tell you what was in Ibiza yeah um, in September and the people above us me and Robin's room had the loudest <laughs> fucking boombox whatever you call them non-stop 24 hours and they had hard style on and if it wasn't annoying me that much it would have been good so I thought I had to feel like we're asking them what's this you're playing because there's some of the tunes it's so close to balance yeah it is but a lot better produced yeah 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 um, so I've wanted to I've been only briefly trying to look into some hard style stuff honestly fantastic man like I love it like if you listen like I, I don't play it in clubs because it, there's times in the place I think I, I, I have in the past but it, a lot of the time at a donk event it won't really work that well um, but it, on my CDs that I put out I always finish with like a hard style tune and go a little bit harder because I love I love the sound and how you say it's so close the big riffs and the sound cleaner better produced like professionally mastered and it just the, the, as a whole it's class. such a bigger scene worldwide as well mm-hmm. but it's not I mean obviously there are big hard style events and they're growing yeah. in this country but um, it's not anything many people have really looked at in, in the, the bounce circle yeah I think Ben T and, uh, and Kenny had a vinyl release can't think of what they were called was it Digital Storm right Ben's, Ben's passion used to be I think it was or something like he likes his hard music yeah. I used to when he said it I had a chat with him I was tuning his ear off when I was uh, we were booked in Leeds uh, bounce everything he gave me a lift home and I was <laughs> tuning his ear off and told me about his uh, first love for, for techno music in, um, and then he got the shop and then he got to the pier and, yeah and then so, things just roll from there yeah. don't they yeah, um, I'm. I like. I I like hard style. I listen to it like in my own time, and I think there's, there is a, there is definitely a, a thing for it, like a crossover into bounce. Are you thinking uh, could we actually pull off that crowd control thing at BTID? Uh, you know, the left, left, left. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's <laughs> crazy. That, and the, the, I, as I say, it's big elsewhere. It just hasn't seemed to have really took off. There's a niche following even in the bounce circle. I talk to some people and they're like, Hardstyle's good. But then they won't publicly Loads of people go to Hellfire. Yeah. Victoria Warehouse and that, that sells around yeah. five, six thousand people. Class. I think I think people like Darren Styles and that have really opened it up as well, working with the tweakers and people like that, um and they make more like the tweakers is more like cheesy hardstyle. Yeah, YouTube. that's you know that's the first I searched for. When I was looking into it, yeah. I had a brief um, look on, on, I think, YouTube. So I looked for the tweakers. And yeah, they're a good... Uh, I've got all Darren Styles stuff, what, what John... Because John updates me USB all the time. <laughs> Whatever he's got. Yeah. He says, give me that USB back, I'll update you. Yeah. But as I say, um, before we sort of go off this subject, um, John's played my favourite set this year. I've seen in a club. That's, that's how, even now, he's, how good he is. Because... I remember we were in the black box and he started pulling out this Ben Nicky stuff and um, 
it was different for him. Yeah. Like I hadn't heard it, I wasn't expecting it. And he, and he played uh, that Rhythm of the Night remix. It's a proper official remix, I think, as well. It's out like on Spotify and that. And uh, he play, when he played that, and he kicked in, and everyone was gone mental for it. And it was like, I remember I looked at Bond, and I was like, fucking, this is well, fucking smashing I think, it's same, I think the same thing happened to me, because I'd, 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 I'd not heard him play any new music for so long. And then one day, he just full set. This is the yeah. same guest you've got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, done it ever, he's done it since. He's, good, yeah. he's, he's finding passion back in it again. Class, I love, I love, I love the the thing. He's obviously we we talk most days, and he's very um, he knows what he likes, and and he's he's very passionate about. It. He loves like because we we got into talking, we got into talking about technical um, the producer, and he, he's a big fan of his stuff. From and that's how we sort of got talking. Ultimate the syndicate, yeah. But on the back of how good his tunes were, and does he not translate well with the bounce crowd? It didn't work. Yeah. But I think I think it didn't help by having a bounce room next door. Yeah. So instead of being forced to listen to this newer good music, yeah. they just went into the next room. So oh. same with uh, Ben Stevens. Yeah. The the official launch day at, at Sunuk, which which was before Domain. Yeah. Um that's as a headliner and they had this um back to bounce theme. Mm. in the next room so it was like the the main residents who weren't playing in the main room were playing in the other room yeah along with the MCs I wanted it to be more hosting because this is the time where I'm trying, trying different things out yeah so you likes of um, Arky and Duffy MDMC I think they were put downstairs yeah they didn't like it but I was trying something new it wasn't no one was in trouble or anything no one yeah, was punishing yeah. anyone Um but we had, I think, just me and Jordan hosting the main room. But we had put Ben Stevens on, and just one by one, they the room emptied. Mm, just, I think bounce heads are very, very focused and driven into what they like. And if you differ too much away, because I like Ben's stuff, I think it's really good. I think I'm a massive fire fan of his, uh, just like Fireball, which is yeah. a bit more. Um, he, just, he just launched that label. Yeah. Um, when when we booked him, it was like 2011. Yeah. And I, it's I very I was embarrassed. Mm. And I had to, I'm sorry, mate, it's like not usually like this, but mm. how many promoters will say that? <laughs> yeah. But it's good that you try you try new things because uh, you talk on the future one about getting technical, uh, Amber D, Ben Stevens, like sort of dipping out of the. And like, am I right in thinking you were the first to book Whitby for Bounce? Is that, is that... Yeah, we booked Sandy Whitby first. Yeah. When he was. Um, I mean, Frantic, he, he, he was a big. He was. He was. He was. He was a name. Obviously, he wasn't as big as he got. Mm -hmm. um, I think I tell you, who he was trying to book originally. It was Kim Ayres. Yeah, right. Who obviously produced the More and More tune, which is a massive sanctuary anthem. Yeah. So, I got in touch with her agent, mm -hmm. but she she worked as cabin crew. Um, trolley dolly. Right. <laughs> um, so she was unavailable. And that's when they recommended Amber D. So we got Amber yeah. um, playing Hard House, which it works. And then it was like, right, who's next? My mate Tony, he was um, he was always with the Tidy lot. He used to go to the weekenders. Yeah. Um, and he said, you want to get this Andy Whitby? It's like a rising through the ranks. He, yeah. he was a name, but it wasn't as far as he got. So we booked him. Um, 
and that that went down that went down well. Yeah. Um, and I think that introduced him to the bounce circle, other mm. people booked. I think he did frequency after that. Yeah. Um, I booked him a few times, and then I booked Cali. They used mm. to be together, Cali Gage. Um, I booked her before him for the syndicate. <laughs> And I was still with him because he came with her and he said, oh, fucking hell, I should be in here with you lot. But then I booked him later on for the 90th birthday, Sandra 90th birthday. Yeah. With um, Andy Farley. Obviously, he's a massive legend in yeah. the hardhouse scene. But Whitby had another booking in, in the North East. So his agent said, can you play early? We can only fit it in if he plays early. Right. So he played as the people were still coming in. And, but then by the time Andy Farley got on, it was a lot busier. Right. But in the meantime, his booking had got cancelled and he could have played later. <laughs> but that was one of the last events at the syndicate. It wasn't really at the peak time mm-hmm. because when we went into the syndicate, we started off as a more commercial route with um, Ultra Beat um, just to get our foot in the door, make sure we knew what we were doing. And then when it was when Spanish was really popular, we'd been getting the guests from Spain to, to DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went back to Spanish I think it was the sixth birthday when we first bought Miguel Cerna. Yeah. And Miguel Cerna, Raul Soto, and he rang me. I'm so sorry, I've um, forgot my passport. I just thought he was lying. He said, but if you can get us back uh, as soon as possible, we'll, we'll come. Which they did in September, and it was uh, amazing. I had them so many times. Yeah. Felt like... Um, a bit pointless having the same guests, but they were so good, and people liked it at the time. Yeah, they've got a, uh, the name Miguel Cerna and uh, the 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 thing. They've got a, a, a pull as well, an attraction because people who like what they do will travel to see that. Do you know what I mean? They've got a genuine following. I don't think it's as uh, prominent. I as mean, it was. people will still like Miguel Cerna. Yeah, but it's people who like it don't go out. Like a lot of the people who, like old school lads, old cricketer people, mm-hmm. they'll sing the praises of DJ Desire till all day long. Mm. But if if we actually got him in a club to play, they come. Yeah, 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 exactly. So back for part two of the podcast. Uh, this is questions. Um, if you want to uh, ask questions for the podcast, uh, I never pre-announce the guest, which. Yeah, you can't ask the questions direct, I suppose. But uh, I don't want to let anyone down, say so-and-so's coming on and then they don't come on. So if you've got any questions um, for it, um, just message me on Instagram at it's time to refresh um, and I will ask questions that suit that is sent in. So for instance, we have had a hardcore DJ on a couple of weeks ago and all the people within hardcore had written, I filtered out the questions, put it in, makes sense. So we've got an MC slash promoter on here Got some questions that people's wrote in. We'll go from there. Um, so, hi Brad. Is there a, anyone in, in the club scene now who you think doesn't get an opportunity to be a DJ or an MC? And that's from Jordan. Um, so is there anyone who you think... We'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch on it before that blister, blister you said. Blister, yeah. Um, who doesn't get an opportunity? Um, personally, um, I don't think there's nobody who's not getting any appreciation at the minute. Because there's that many bounce nights, it's the, the market's over such feed. Everyone can get a slot somewhere. Um, whether you're a main room 
slot who people who deserve it there is people out there but uh the cream rises to the top so to say yeah. like there's nobody who's genuinely talented who's still playing room two gigs 10 years in uh, my opinion is there anybody who stands out for you uh, if there's no one at the moment you can I, just say i'm trying to think I don't know. Yeah. I should have asked me before. So I, I should have asked you a pre, pre, pre thing. Uh, there's, uh, here's, a, here's a something I'd, I'd adapt on. Um, there's names now that's popping up within the club scene as a whole who I think they'd go down as a good headliner in, in, a, in an event. They're not necessarily bounce DJs, but the style's so close, it's it would work. Um, as you say, like a Patrick Topping, someone like that. Um, ben Nicky, I know that they are big DJs, but if, if the, some bounce promoter are just willing to just put in and just try it, I emailed Ben Nicky's agent right um, about a year ago. Okay, and I got this. I got a reply, and he basically asking for my life story, and I just didn't have time to reply properly. I mean, I, I get I get seen as. As ignorant for not replying straight away but if someone needs an answer i want to give them a proper answer yeah and not a yes and no and you know and, and it's not just like people within the club scene and what have, what have you just yeah. everybody in general yeah it, I, I do try and get back to people <laughs> but if someone asks me for their opinion on something and you can't give your proper opinion at that time i'd rather give the proper opinion yeah and not just oh yeah it's all right and no, uh, no feedback. Yeah, Once yeah. Someone come across and say, oh, I've done this this mix. Could you please can you have a listen to me? I'd appreciate your feedback. If I just went back and say, yeah, it sounds good, you'd be like, oh, no. he's not listening to that. So, you know, and bear in mind as well, I've got four Facebook accounts, <laughs> so the messenger isn't always on. Yeah, that account. So makes sense. Yeah, I can sometimes go back to about four different question marks. I mean, me and Duffy, um, it, it's been a bit of a joke for years. I mean, I've not spoken to him for a while, but it's no story. But I brought it once and listen, please don't send me these question marks. It drives me fucking mad. But because we were mates, mm. it was just a joke. Yeah. Because he said, because I think his reply was something like, well, you replied, didn't you? <laughs> so he knows it gets me to reply because it's yeah. really much. If, if you've not read the message and then send another question mark, it's just like, it's like road rage. Yeah. It sends me mad. The thing, the thing is, is though, as a promoter as well, you're always getting DJs onto you. Like, I can imagine that your, your inbox is quite busy, especially with people you don't necessarily know. So it's, it's filtering through the messages as well. Like, as a promoter, I was running several club nights. I can imagine you've got old school DJs messaging, like their sets. Bounce DJs messaging their sets, MCs like, or and then there's the actual general admin of like running a night talking to club promoters, uh, talking to clubs, um, sorting out sound systems. Like, the, the, there's just so much correspondence that yeah, it might take a little bit of a while. Whereas some DJs might just be like, they might have the odd person message them and stuff like that. Do you know what there's I mean? Lot, there's, there's, there's been quite a few. There's quite a few people who will send me. Um, a link to a YouTube a tune on YouTube or a CD on YouTube mm -hmm. what's the tune at such a minute mm -hmm. it's like for 
fucking load up YouTube, playing, <laughs> scroll to it. So, although I would like to, yeah, if I if I knew the tune, let them know what it is. But also, I don't want to be embarrassed. That I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't know it. Yeah. Do you know what? There's this same tune that loads of people ask me about, and I don't know what it is. I'm thinking it's a storm tracks or something. Right. Mitsubishi playing it at the Crick. And I've been asked that for about three different people, and I can never remember what it is. <laughs> it just come to mind, and then it's Storm Tracks. Right. Well, there you go. Any, any of them people are messaging, <laughs> there's your answer. You don't even need a reply message. You might not be right, that's all. Don't quote me on it. Yeah. Uh, so, next one is uh, Hi, pal. These podcasts are class. My question is Do you find it hard to stay relevant? And that's from Callum. Um, do you find it hard to stay relevant? Well, I just feel like I am who I am. I've got my style. Mm. And when my style isn't appreciated, then there's no need for me anymore. Yeah. And I was, I've had this mix planned for five years now. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a mix for my 20 years FEZ thing. Yeah. But I've, I've just not found time to do it. I actually recorded the mix at Roach's studio and he lost the file. And it set me back massively. Yeah. Because then he closed the studio. Um, I wanted it done properly. I didn't want to do it in my garage when I've got the volume down. I wanted it proper clear so I can mix it properly. Yeah. Mixed by me with MC over the top. Right. New lyrics. I've got loads of new lyrics that I've never said anywhere. Because I wanted them on this new mix. Right. So this, this is like nearly five years old now. <laughs> so I, I've said to myself I'm getting it done in January. Okay. Um. I'm talking to um, Josh Lomax, easy, it's yeah. easy. Um, and he, he, he said, "Don't try and um, don't try and do what what we do, all the new lot do. Just stick to to stick to your own. That's what everyone likes about you." Yeah. And it and it, it meant a lot to me. Um, because um, I mean that's what I do anyway. I, yeah. I don't want I don't want to be. I didn't get into MCing to do what the new guys do. Yeah. Like, I've just listened to Price's new mix today and I can't remember fucking my own lyrics I've done 20 years ago and he's, and he's done all that in like half an hour. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Stuff, yeah. stuff that a lot, of, I mean, especially Price here. Mm -hmm. But others like, um, I mean, Finchie's one of the, Finchie and Grimes here are one of the first who was doing the longer lyrics. Yeah. And Jordan and then it seems like all the new kids are doing it these days but that's not what I'm about I got, got in it for the crowd hype and little catchy lyrics I'm not interested and not that I'm not interested I, I'm not interested but it's I don't think you. I could do it anyway so um, I could probably write I've no doubt about that mm. fitting the time in to write it is a different different matter but um, it's just not for me. It's not because it's not the tunes that I got in, into it for. Yeah. So my style is based around Italian and all the bounce. And you know the layout of bounce tunes and your vocal, your raps and your gaps and all like that. So you can't do all these. So like these days, people are getting Georgie to make them a tune to yeah. do. So purpose made tunes for. But raps. I mean, this is an argument I have with Pricey all the time. About a lot of time for Price. He never listens to a word I say, but I have got time for him. Yeah. Uh, he's a talented lad. He's needs a bit of direction. Yeah. Um, those tunes don't work in a club. 
constantly. Yeah. So you need to play vocals. You can't do all this emceeing over vocals. So he'll argue all day long and never I'll never change his mind. He's got these standing his ground mix. It's, it's, yeah. it's good quality not to be talked around, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean. Like um, I think we touched on it on his on his podcast that we've done. Um, basically, like studio CDs go down really well. It's like it's very like this is another thing that I say. Yeah. They're very good for boosting your profile. Mm-hmm. Like Finchy stuff, he's done videos and different mixes. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it's very rare that he'll do it in a club because he knows that you don't do it on yeah. stage. Or there aren't a lot of occasions to do on stage. Same with Jordan. Jordan tours the, the UK with Ian Redmond. Mm-hmm. And it's all about hyping the crowd. Yeah. But he, he can go into the studio and write a 10 minute mix as good as anybody. Yeah. Um, the thing with Jordan, I've never seen him do the the, the Ian Redmond um, Ultra Beat thing um, live, so I can't comment. But you can, you can almost imagine what it's like. Like him just hyping people up on the build-ups, letting the drops breathe, letting the vocals thing. But then he could come to a sanctuary night and let's just say you've got someone like Nicky B on, right, who's, who's playing the tougher stuff. He could go and spit like 64 bars. No, no not, not just like a duck to water. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you haven't done any proper bounce gigs for months, he could just walk into it and just come exactly. to him naturally. He's a very talented guy. So that being said, I think that some people need to be adaptable. Um, pricey. Um, I've talked to him and I've told him I've said I, I really rate him for what he does I think his studio CDs the sound class he can do these big long rhymes and stuff um, but you've just got to learn that edge like I think Easy had to do it Easy's lyrics um, I've, and I've said this on the podcast before Easy was one of them MCs where he was bar 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 um, when he was doing like the door to donk stuff and over the years he's learned to get a stage presence um, and now he's like the um He's one of the exceptions for the entering the top tier. Yeah. Because for a long time, no one got there. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Lukey P as well. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, it's just like you, because everyone goes on, it's the same MCs, but they're only, it's the same MCs because they're the only people who can do it properly. Yeah. Um, so I'm not disrespecting anyone not in the top tier, but there's a time and a place for a certain thing. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a list of maybe eight to ten people who can MC in any situation. Yeah, adapt uh, to it. You could put them on a, a stage in front of thousands and know what to do. Yeah, you call and, it like and, and Easy and Luke P are the last ones in yeah. there, I'd say. I've no and, 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 and I've got a recording from Sanctuary at Wigan Pier yeah. in 2011, and Easy's on that, and you would not recognise him. He's like definitely the, like, the most improved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. I said when I first heard him, I thought, wow, these lyrics, they, like, he was mind-blowing how good he was. And I was like, this is, this is, this is good. But then, as I say, over the time, when I first seen him in, because um, he, he did like this thing where he had a bit of a lull and then he came back. And when he came back, he was in, I think it was like, um, 32 for Century. And he, he came on and he had a bit more about him. Well, I've had, I've actually had that on in my car the other day. Yeah. Um, so that's only five years old, isn't it? Is it yeah. Five. Yeah, two thousand seventeen, uh, I think. 
it's it's 18 february 18 right. so it's nearly nearly five years yeah um even that is so much different to who he is now yeah and you can but, see how much he's improved yeah because he's got his lyrics but then you you you, you crowd interaction at the end of it or whatever you'd be mm. saying he, he didn't do that so he, he was he's all his lyrics but better delivered than he used to yeah because he, he didn't used to be that good live and he knows yeah. that himself so i'm not like digging yeah, man saying, he, he knows yeah. that but he's good that he's stuck by it put in the work and he, he's got there and he's one of the best in the game yeah but if he didn't adapt i don't think he'd have reached that level no. that, uh, that's it's just accepting that you've got to do it yeah but as I say now, I think he's probably. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking to an MC saying this, but I think he's my favourite MC just for he's, the grind that he puts in to being an MC. Like, you, we all you need to do is see him now in 2022. See him what he does. I think there's, there's he's probably a lot of people's favourite MC now. Seen, and that's it's a big thing to say considering, as you say, that top eight who's in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just it goes to show that adaption and growth as an artist as well like it pays off her do you know what i mean of course. um and this is the last question for today is uh so i only told one person that you're coming on and it was one for farrell um bcd or dinky and that's from a listener called john that's just well, this is the question that was on finch's podcast yeah and i said dinky all the way dinky all the way all the way all the way to Sydney. <laughs> Personally, I'd, I'd go BCD because um, obviously my style is a bit more vocal-led and that that's more vocal. Whereas, as you say, Dinky's was a little bit tougher. Do you know what I mean? Like at the time, now, I think it all sort of blends into to one. We've all become like a scene that's almost them two labels sort of merged together. Right. How many? Like, outstanding t test the time dinkies are there compared to bcd you reckon do you reckon what which outnumbers each other oh right okay I, I, Dinky... I, I can't even think of bcd to be honest but right. dinkies to be fair sound better now um because i feel like some of the production in the bcd stuff doesn't go well into days day and age like i'm in my head i'm just thinking of some of the offbeat bass lines that if you played that in today's day and age, it probably wouldn't go down as well. Shake it up, EP alone. <laughs> Wipes the floor with Dinky, with uh, BCD, sorry. There's, don't get me wrong, yeah, there's some really good argument. BCDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's from uh, a listener called John, and I want to know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to get onto this as well while we're here. Um, when speaking about Alex K and Dinky and stuff like that. The, yeah, you can't touch me thing. Uh, like a little segue into that there. But, um, what, where did that come from? Right. So, when I, when I started the cricketer, I got to know Wizard MC. Mm. And outside, the, when the cricket finished, uh, he was he was doing Zona Maxims and I started going to a few of the events with him. Yeah. And some of the guys in in Bolton. So we were driving to Burnley when Zona was at the arena. He said, oh, because this is when I was starting off MCing and he was sort of trying to tutor me and what have you. Yeah. He said, I've wrote you a lyric. Um, and he said it. I said, well, why do you not say it? He said, it doesn't suit my style, it suits your style. So in the cows, this other guy called Franny Phelps, he died a couple of years ago. Um, he used to get on the mic at, at 
at Maxine's with Wizard, and he, he said it as well on the mic, but I t- took it on board as my own because my tutor, the Wizard, mm. had, had wrote me this lyrics, I was really proud of it. Um, and I, um, I think I'll say it on a meltdown tape from Churchill's in about 99 or 2000. So anyway, um, I was working for Foreplay at the Cricketer. I think we started in summer 2000 after we left the mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Boxing Day, we had this big event on Boxing Day. It was the first time I'd ever met a layback. Um, I'd never heard of any, any of his tapes or CDs or anything. So this is new MC I'd heard a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met him and it was just me, me, him and Domino was on. Mm-hmm. So he's on the mic doing his thing and then he says, this, you can't touch me because I'm electric. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> So it turns out Wizard had heard him say it on the tape <laughs> and told, told me it was his. Oh. So at that point, I sort of shied away from saying it as much as, as I used to. Um, I, put, I put it onto the Wig and Pear CD mm. um, on the How Long tune. So that's how the Wig and Pear community Thinking, yeah, yeah. started chanting it without me even being there. So it just become massive from there and then I started doing it at the events, I got booked for PAs to do it and it just went massive, it it's actually originates from a Beastie Boys track. Right. So Jermaine Layback had got it from there, but he'd been saying it before he met me. Did you, did you ever call you on it? I spoke to him about it and I right. told him about it, so technically it was his, his MC lyric, yeah. I just come about it in a weird way. <laughs> but even now, like he knows that I've, I've made it mine on the How Long tune I wouldn't say it on any other tune yeah. people come up to me on near enough every event oh save that save that so we've got away for the tune yeah. oh just say it anyway so, nah, nah. doesn't no. work it's like, so that's, yeah, that's trademark to that yeah. so that's where it came from and, uh, that's brilliant like, that is... like my, my kids now my kids chant it oh. Robin put a video on um, Facebook the other day on the I ended up missing our flights to Paris and video the kids chant it in the back Right. But the baby, Albie, he's not a baby, he's three, but yeah. we call him the baby. <laughs> so he just keeps changing the words now. And it's really funny, he's, he's such a funny kid. <laughs> but it's, they both say it all the time, and it's, it's funny, it's, it's sweet. It's class. It's good that you've got that that there as well. Like, like there'll be one day, I'm hopefully Bouncy's still around when they're old enough. That's my dad, that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a... Well, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know how many years are left. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at... I don't know. I think you... you I, I, don't, think I don't know. Obviously, bounce is at a high, sort of. Not... Mm-hmm. not the, the big events are big and good, which is positive. I mean, back at the last sort of recession when Bounce died mm. there wasn't big events there mm. was clubs and clubs shut down clubs went quiet yeah so if it turns into an industry where there is only events then so be it but I'm I'm at the, at the moment I'm still privileged to be part of oh, them so yeah. I'm, I'll still push the clubs forward because that's where, where Sanctuary's from yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a, a rise coming or a fall. Or it's it's hard weird to one. say. It's very weird. Very weird. Like the, the whole 
cost of living bullshit that's going on. The majority of clubbers live with their mum and dad, so they're not bothered about bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's good. It's when it affects stuff like the fucking... <sighs> whatever kids pay for all these days. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube generation going through. Um, so we'll just tie this up today, if that's all right, mate. Um, we've got fucking... Covered so much ground. Like, it's only been four, like four years since you last did the podcast, but like, there's so, so much happened so much not happened as well like with COVID well weeks running up to knowing I was doing this I was thinking about stuff I wanted to talk about and probably forgot about everything I wanted to talk about but it's, it's not a problem we can come back yeah <laughs> honestly uh, this is going to be a weekly thing and I'm nowhere like I said I said on previous podcasts I said I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy this I, I enjoy getting to know people on a more personal level and I'm, I'm enjoying doing this so and I don't think I'll stop till I get bored and I don't think that's any time soon I'm planning i've got big plans for, for this going into the next sort of two years so i can almost well, guarantee maybe if you get me and john together that's what i was going to say that um i'm going to promise people now that it will happen because um i've talked to john and john said he he, he reckons he hasn't got a story to tell but that's bullshit right so he could probably just sit there tell you stories about me yeah but <laughs> as i said being drunk and mopping <laughs> up the mess <laughs> but as i said that i think it will it will happen at some point, whether we, some sometime down the line, that I think you'll both come on. I'd like to do like a sanctuary special or something like that. Um, but as I say, I've talked to John about coming on in as well. And he says, like, I think just down to timing. Um, and because he, I've had to twist his arm to tell him that he, he has got a story because he's like, all oh, these people coming on who's who's got more of a story than me. And I'm like, yeah. He's, well, he's got nearly 21 years of sanctuary. Uh, exactly. Like I have. Exactly. He's got the times before sanctuary, got the time before. Yeah. I mean, he started, he was DJing at foreplay, which where I got to know him better. Yeah. But he did other stuff before that. When he's, he's, um, his mum used to be the chair lady of the village club next door, yeah. WVC, where Topland started. Yeah. Um, so you've not spoken about that. No, 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 I forgot about that. Um, you covered this slightly on the on the on the the Finchy episode where you were saying that it, she was like the the thing. Oh yeah. Um, so he, he was playing there on, on some Friday nights and stuff. Yeah. So there's a, there's a story there, isn't there? So what is the distinctive difference between Sanctuary and like Top Gun, for instance? Right. We wanted to start our own event. Yeah. It's um, it was a, it was a big move. I'd just left for playing a bit of a. Um, not really fall out, but I was a bit ego-driven mm. in my move. It was just, don't want to go into it because they're all my, all my friends. Mm. Um, but I'd had enough of doing weekly, all-nighters. Yeah. I wanted to grow and it wasn't growing. Uh, so I wanted to start our own event. So obviously the, the best place to go was John's mum's club to try it out. Yeah. So... I like the name Top Gun, but it was a name of a, the night at the Vic, which is next door to the cricketer. Right. So I thought, well, we can use that for this trial night because it's going to be full of mainly people from West Arden. Yeah. So we called it Top Gun and it's like, right, this is a success. Let's take it to the cricketer. I thought we can't take Top Gun to the cricketer because There's Top, Gun Top Gun's there, next door, or right. it used to be before it shut down. So that's why we have to have a different name. Mm -hmm. If that other Top Gun 
wasn't yeah. running, we probably would be called top one now. Yeah, right. That, that, that's, uh, that's every day as a school day. <laughs> so you, you've, worst of names, estate in, in Wigan, you had the Cricketer, which is um, an old cricket clubhouse converted into a club. Yeah. And then Vic, I think it was I've called the Victoria or Victory or something. That yeah. was another clubhouse of something else. I think that was a rugby club. Yeah. That had been converted into a club. I don't think that, I, I never went in to be honest, but that was another after hours, everybody went and that's where the likes of Layback, Joker, PMB, that's where they were. Yeah. And then we had fall play at the Cricketer. Right. But that shut down and that's where we met, got involved with PMB mm-hmm. and then become part of fall play and Layback and Joker and Nats and various others from there came as guests, but then Layback became more of a resident with us. Yeah. Um, but because he's from Leeds, it was always hard to get to and from because mm-hmm. he wasn't driving at the time. Um, and I think he just sort of retired for the first of about ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, that's, uh, honestly, I, I, I just wondered. That's why I wanted to ask you about it because um, obviously I was like, is it because one's a different style or no? You know no, we I mean? set out with the exact same style. Yeah. It was just the name because we couldn't have it couldn't have the same name in there because it was copying something that was so close. <laughs> well, there you go then, huh? Talk when I like it. Uh, quality. Like, I've always wondered that and I just, uh, just going in a roundabout way to ask you. That, that was all it was. I don't think many people have really ever asked. But it, 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 just, it makes sense now, you, now you've said it, but beforehand I was like, is it just another brand? Is it just a, a way of doing something in a different style? Or I, I just didn't know. So, so, other than back to the old nights, hmm. Top Gun stays the original format and it seems to be popular in Cumbria. So that's why I've done it in Cumbria. They've never, they've not really worked. I mean, the one at Bubbles was all right, but yeah. it's a small venue. People seem to ask for it yeah. and then don't come, like I mentioned before about the like Desire fans. Mm-hmm. They want it on the internet. Yeah. Do this, do that, and then they don't come out. So it's always hard. I'd like to do a good Top Gun night locally. Um, maybe it's pure, but right. people don't know about it. Yeah, just that original CD, that's how I think we all know it. Like, the, everyone's had that recording at some point. It's one of the best CDs ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. Right, um, before we go, I've got two more questions for you. I know, so I'll just Looking forward around. to this, uh, this one. <laughs> one more question before, before, before that. Uh, what's the favourite, your favourite recording from you, and everything you've recorded from Sanctuary, Cricketer? Everything is what's the the one? Right. Without thinking too much, I really like the Easter two thousand and one at the cricketer, which is a four play quadrillion thing. Right. The tunes are amazing. Andy Pendle and uh, PMB. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, MC's good, but there's a lot of stuff copied. Yeah. Um, I was I was still young and starting off. There's a lot of wizard stuff on it. Mm. Obviously, you start off copying a few things and then you move yeah. out of it. And you Find your style. You're never going to have any sort of legacy copying people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that is, I mean, it's got lo- loads of people have got good feedback on that. So there's, there's that one. It's mostly for the music. Right. But if you feel the music, you can perform better. Um, so there's that, and then there's one of the um, Club Classics 3 or something, it's another good one. I don't know, there's so many. 
I think you've mentioned that before on social media, actually, the Club Classics one. Um, if you want to know mine, right, is the Top Gun. I think that, for me, because of the variety in it, like, I remember hearing, like, just the Italian inserts, and it was a bit of hard house, and she was like, I just started going down these avenues of hard house music through that CD, or I started going through the avenues of looking up old Italian stuff through that CD, like, that, that's just one of them CDs that's always been there. Uh, Sank Volume 2 Part 2, that is like, I think that got must have got shared a lot around our, our area because... Yeah, it's so good that. Yeah. It was it was mad because I, I used to go and see Wizard. Mm. He'd quit I'm seeing. he was a family man and he wasn't interested in clubs because he wanted to stay mm-hmm. straight and narrow and he just had his son. Um, so I used to go around their house when, when his son Lewis was born. I used to go to their house and um, visit him and what have you. And I was trying to get him back into it, and he was just having none of it. And I, and I said to him and, he, and his missus at the time, "So right, I'll come and pick you up, come to the cricket, I'll do an hour, and then I'll bring you back. No temptation, no drinking, no nothing mm-hmm. else. Just, I'll bring you there back." We did it once for a four-play night. And the, the CD from that, the tape from that, unbelievable. Um, but then that was it again. No, and he was just, I'm not doing it, I don't want to do it. Thanks for the offer, but I'm not interested. So I carried on in, in contact with him. Um, and he was stick to it, he was straight and everything. And, and But we started Sanctuary, and I said, I've got this night started, I really want you there. So no, I'm not doing it, no thank you. So the third night, which is volume two, yeah. he rang me up. Where are you? I'm in Wigan. <laughs> I'm right. Come down with loads of guys. Um, and it's like, he'd not done it for so long, but you could tell he was so up for it. Yeah. He fell out of his missus, so he, he come yeah. out. And then the one after, volume three, she came. So yeah. it's like, right, you can make some money f- from this. I was happy to pay him, be, yeah. be the resident. Right, I'm going to ask one more question and then we're done. Um, I ask everyone this and it's, um, you're about to get the electric chair because, oh this could be the only chance I could say it, so I'm going to say it. You can't touch me. Chinese question. No, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. <laughs> right, so you're going to get the electric chair um, because of you can't touch me and you get like, <laughs> I don't know, I just fucking bet that off the top of my head, but um, you got one last meal. Um, what's it gonna be? What what you getting off of your last meal? You can have a starter, main dessert. You can have any any beverage you want. I asked everyone this: what you getting? Chinese. You can have Chinese. <laughs> this is the Chinese question. Um, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. <laughs> go on, then you go. What, if, if it's right, so we're gonna get a Chinese, and the list is endless. Right. But we'll get. I thought it was because she orders it. Um. We get ribs. Right. What sauce? Barbecue. Barbecue. Right. Okay. Barbecue ribs. Salt and pepper wings. Yeah. Salt and pepper chips. Yeah. Quarter duck. Yeah. You don't need to worry about your weight because you go on anyway. But go on. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. <laughs> Gonna stretch out the death a bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. Eat some yeah. more food. Um, this red chicken stuff that she gets. I don't know. Is it chicken it. and peking sauce? Yeah, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get. Beef and black beans is my main. Without a shadow of doubt, 
just all of the balls. When, that's what we got on Friday, actually. We got Chinese on Friday. Right. I said, I'm going to remember this for <laughs> coming on Sunday. Right, yeah. You're going to have a banana for it to finish off as well. But you may as well. I always have that much. I never eat my beef till the next day because I've had too much. There is quite a lot so of water there. Because like. usually we get, we, we would have a, chi- a Chinese or some sort of take on a Sunday. Mm. So that usually starts my lunch hour from, from Monday at work, so I don't have to do anything Sunday night. Class. It's a good plan. Good plan. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not just saying it now. Of everyone I've had on in 28 episodes, 29 episodes, that's probably the best response I've had. Like, I'm, maybe because I love, <laughs> I've been, I love I've been waiting food. to do it and I've been prepared. Like, <laughs> Everyone's always like, oh, I'll have steak or I'll have whatever. And I'm just like, that sounds nice. But then when you've just rhymed off all that, I was just like... Oh. I'm going to get home for a Chinese. <laughs> well, no, actually, no. But I think I've got my missus now. She's, she's out shopping, doing Christmas shopping. So she's in Charlie now, um, with my little lad. Oh, there's not much in Charlie. Uh, no, but, well, Should have gone to or Trafford Centre. Yeah. So, we're going to go and get some Chinese food. <laughs> we've got a restaurant, we've already pre-planned everything out, so, yeah. Good times. <laughs> I just want to say thanks for coming on, mate. Um, Sorry it took too long. No. It took so long to get on. I know. It's, uh, but honestly, it's been an absolute blast. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in, and if you made it this far into the episode, just want to say thank you, and uh, share it with your mates. It helps the community grow, and it helps... It helps people get stories out as well. Like people enjoy listening to these, but sometimes they don't know they exist. So, yeah, thanks for listening. It's been amazing. Cheers, Thank mate. You.